to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I listen because Rod and Karen are hot. Mm. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we are live on a Wednesday, which uh, is becoming quickly everybody's favorite day of the show. Yes, sir. Because it means we're going to review Lovecraft Country. Yes and everyone seems to be loving it well all the blacks i don't know if white people are all watching of the this, blacks but all the blacks we love it um and so yeah this is our recap of course you can find us on itunes stitcher podomatic leave us five star reviews the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport bullet ball and bullet ball extreme so make sure you do that uh we appreciate everybody takes the time out to do that um once again quick reminder before we even get into the show we're still looking for musical interludes for our show we want to spice it up we want to jazz it up we got a couple of people that have already reached out to me that are Yay! like i'm working on some stuff but you know our transitional segments whether it be guest of race fucking with black people lgbtq, LGBTQ news uh black capitalism all the stuff it's all up for grabs you come up with a good jingle we will give you props play it on the show mm-hmm. and uh it may become one of our new songs people will be singing your songs when we do live shows and stuff come on we know we got plenty of talented people out there so mm-hmm. we're hoping we get a lot of submissions another sh- housekeeping note charlottepodcastfestival.com check us out there okay because we are gonna be on some panels yes and it's absolutely positively free to the public absolutely free you don't have to pay anything Mm -hmm. but you do have to register they have limited space yeah it is brought to you by um the uh same people who uh bring you npr okay that's right y'all your public national radio national public radio but yes charlotte podcast fest um is what it's called um and we're gonna be on several panels mm-hmm. um we hope y'all you know come check us out and, and and see what we're talking about out there um i know on uh we're gonna be on a panel october 8th from six to seven called hey is this thing on and and <laughs> is it is it on it's about how to do like comedy podcasts and it's over the course of like um i think uh either three weeks or a month a month the month of october okay yeah so i mean you'll have plenty yeah. of chances you can sign up for the to catch up yeah sorry you have plenty of chances to, to god dog it you have plenty of chances to catch up with us um but yeah october 28th from noon to one we're gonna be talking about support for this podcast comes from listeners like you uh we'll talk about being one of the shows that's funded by you guys you Mm -hmm. the people who pay premium and listen to the show y'all are how we make a living y'all make it possible um so those are the two panels that we're going to be on man so make sure y'all uh you know rsvp come through represent we love when y'all do that stuff we do all right anything else before i move into this review karen i think that's it for now yes all right cool so let's go ahead and get into it um lovecraft country episode five strange case uh written by cheryl dunye i believe uh misha green and jonathan i kid and sonya winton odomenton uh did, did the story um so oh, yeah yeah that's correct all right so yeah um karen mm-hmm. started like we always do at this time what'd you think about this episode in general i absolutely love it they they i know we're going into details but they did something that 
I don't it may have been presented on television but nah I haven't seen it like this mm-hmm. and I really really um, enjoyed a lot of the swaps a lot of the changes a lot of the special effects yeah, I had a ball yeah I love me a good allegory you know I love me a good you know um um the 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 things we talk about in our spaces you know the things we talk about in our social circles uh intersectional feminism white feminism um you know racial um uh, oppression and uh, all this other stuff code switching respectability politics it's all in this episode and it's just like a masterpiece of that um which is interesting because for me this was the least scariest episode like at no point like it got some quote unquote gross special effects but I never felt anyone was truly in danger except for about maybe a minute of the show but in that minute we know that they not killing Ruby so it's you know I mean it's no true danger on the screen Um, so it it was actually kind of a, a, a a different episode and um we also got very good character development with montrose letty and tick uh and especially montrose um so so to me you know this episode covered all the bases and i just love ruby um as a character um and uh like getting to know her and seeing where they're gonna take that character uh i'm starting to lean towards my theory that she's gonna possibly be a villain i think so too you know uh just just because of the way that that things are shaking out and you know some of the foreshadowing they're having uh i don't know (coughs) so uh all right let's go ahead and start getting into the uh actual uh episode and the breakdown and all that stuff um so like i said episode five uh his uh strange case what i'm gonna do is separate this recap the same way i did last week so i'm not going to do in a sequential order uh we'll still take our time and make it long but uh letty montross and tick is going to be one section and ruby is another now unlike last last week ruby will be last because she to me has the major storyline yes um all right so we come back we're in the room where we last saw Montrose uh, slash the throat of Yohima. Mm -hmm. Yohima, of course, being the um, two-spirit person who was the uh, translator. They were going to use to translate the word of Adam into English so that they would be able to do spells and shit. Mm -hmm. But, of course, Mm -hmm. for some reason, Montrose killed her and reset everything. Just hit the... It was like when you're playing Madden and you're finally starting to get the lead and your friend just unplugs the whole fucking mm-hmm. thing because they mad that you're down yes it's it's <clears> like <throat> monopoly when somebody be like you bought boardwalk and plot place and they just flip the whole board over yeah like <laughs> we was just starting to get on the motherfucking right path and of course here you come it was like you were a loser yeah you will not get all four of the railroads and the utilities fuck that right the rent is how much if you own four railroads i ain't got that nope i'm gonna tip it over so um he's sitting in the room now yohima's gone 
uh the chair's just empty he's sitting in a different chair looking at his hands there's blood underneath his fingernails mm-hmm. um there's no sign of blood or anything in the room but you know uh i think that this may have been the next day yeah it, it, that would make sense because remember he went to bed uh tick went to bed after montrose yeah. told him how proud he was of him so I, it was sound like it was first thing in the morning or yeah. next and so my so he done cleaned up he done had time to get rid of that body so we do not see yohima Mm-mm. at all um and we hear the elevator ding and letty and um tick are talking and they're actually discussing like the next steps like okay maybe we can get her to translate some of this to english and we can learn the protection spells and they come in the room she gone montrose sitting there looking at his bloody hand just non-verbal not making eye contact it doesn't take long for tick to put it together because mm-hmm. letty's like where'd she go and montrose just say gone and tickles like letty goes did something letty goes you let her walk out of here how long ago maybe we can find her so she think like she he let her leave the house and just go do whatever now my thing is the possibility of that is almost ridiculous because you're talking about this woman that was ripped out of 200 years ago and can't open her mouth can't can't speak english like so there really was no letting her go like there was no and now she got a job working at the Win dixie <laughs> you know what i mean like I mean, then it was like she up treating around the corner right right and so tick puts it together immediately like he because he gives um Matros a savage beating like not the like the beating where you think he's gonna kill him mm-hmm. like it was like this was not just like uh i'm mad you let her go it's not like you fucked up the whole plan of what we're trying to do but also you're a fucking murderer you know tick understood right away um and then he hits a rage that is so strong like this this fury is so uncontrollable and it's a pent-up rage too yes and um letty can't even pull him off of montrose she has to call the other people who are at the boarding house to pull him off of Montrose. And even then, once they get him up, he'd be like, get on me, shit! And they just let him go because don't nobody want that smoke mm-hmm. after what he did to Montrose. And like you said, it's a pent-up rage and they've talked throughout their past. And he's very mad. Like, like that, that that's the anger. That's like, I've been waiting to whoop your ass for many, 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 many years type of anger. That wouldn't, that beating wasn't just about that particular situation right and he's talked earlier in the season about the abuse he experienced at the hands of his father mm-hmm. and then the fa- his father's talked about the abuse he experienced at the hands of his father so it's a cycle of abuse that often people don't aren't able to break it as e- like you know tv makes you know, tv and and social media it just makes it so easy to go get therapy and then you just be the, but but you know this is also a man who's been to war right so who knows what kind of ptsd shit he's dealing with there um and then of course you know just what they've been through in the last few weeks um and this scene and i think a lot of people who are rage addicts or have violent uncontrollable tempers to me this is one of their worst nightmares is losing control this way yeah because it's also one of the things too where tick was like motherfucker i'm only back here because of you in the first place like i am back 
because of you because i actually care that's why i'm back and this it's, it's it's a very um back and forth relationship uh because it's a hard relationship because it's like okay this is a parent this is somebody who yes they abused me but they also took care of me you know and you filled up with all these type of emotions and it's one of those things where some people just cut those people out of their lives they're like look i don't have time for this i i i, I gotta fix me that means you got to go yeah we see it when um we saw it before when they were in the tunnel last week and montrose and him had this conversation about you better go get your woman and you know how your mama used to do me blah 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 like so you're right there's this there's a conflicting narrative here because it's not simply you're an abuser you're out of my life you're a terrible person right it's you're an you have i recognize that you have beaten me and abused me i also recognize that you have loved me and nourished me and all this other shit is very conflicting and it's very complicated and you know for people who have never dealt with or been around abusive people or never dealt with or been around abusive husbands or wives or loved ones or, or moms and, and dads they have a tendency not to understand why don't you just leave the shit is not that simple y'all right um so he beats him he's completely out of control um he goes down to the basement and he starts looking through letty's photos which she has down in this uh dark room that she's using to to you know develop film and he's just frantically looking through everything looking for pictures of titus's pages to see if she took photos of them because montrose has also destroyed the pages yeah because that's the bookie burn right no the bookie burn was the atlas oh okay so okay. the pages that they recovered he, he, he from that they risked their lives for he burned those as well okay like this is a hundred percent about stopping letty and tick from their goal of learning more and more about the order of adam and these pages and it's, these spells and shit it's something that he knows like it, it and letty keeps hitting on that letty's like you're gonna let him walk out here like a fool not know what's happening when you obviously know the fuck was going on like you know something and who knows he might have he might have even uh known uh what would have happened if they translated it he might not have been able to translate it but you know it might be something in there that says like if these was a translate you know I me mean, or something like, like you just never know uh so it's one of those things where he knows something uh that he's not telling them well i think when you know so much um and then you're so coy about what you do know and you make it your mission to stop them on their path you're just you can't be around like this is the ultimate you can't be trusted like it went from he begrudgingly went along with it to now he's almost the enemy now the thing is it's kind of hard when the enemy the person that's the enemy is doing it out of protection right out of love yeah so you know i don't think his motives necessarily are i think his motives are to protect the his family and and Mm -hmm. his son and shit but i just think what he's done is so treacherous and uh basically unforgivable you know yeah and and also i think that um montrose has seen some shit like he has literally seen some shit or uh experienced some shit that they hadn't experienced because you know they had him locked up and all that shit so who knows what happened we might get a a flashback or something that shows us what happens during that time when ticking was going up there to find him 
so who knows what really happened and he was like oh no 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 i i I don't want y'all to experience any of this bullshit well also he seemed perfectly capable even when he broke out of prison in the uh in artem like he seemed very much like what are y'all even doing here i want y'all as far away from this as possible as if he had it under control which with his reverence for the count of monte cristo book makes me you know a book about someone who went orchestrates this plan out of to get out of prison and get revenge on his captors like makes me wonder how much of that is tied into this um mm. so then he beats uh he gets montrose gets the shit beat out of him let it, he go uh tick goes down he's reveling through the photos and stuff and letty comes down basically like what's wrong blah 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 and he's like did you take photos did you take pictures of the of the pages and she's uh, she's like calm you need to calm down he's like god damn it let if you took photos just give them to me and she he stops himself because she's almost vis- she's visibly shaken but also sort of like she steals herself like is he gonna hit me or something and then he looks down to see she brought her bat that the same bat she used to bash the windows out of those racist people's cars mm-hmm. she brought the bat with her and i think that sobered him up to a certain extent it didn't make him no longer rageful but it made him realize how out of control he was and he needed to get the fuck away from her um and and you know like and get that anger under control yeah because i also think tick is a person that doesn't ever want people to see this side of him oh no 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 you can tell he likes to be composed and he doesn't because he's been so damaged you can tell that tick is a kind and caring and loving person but he is a mirror a mirror image of his father as far as he has a terrible way of expressing it to let the people around them know that they actually care well i think also people that survive abuse or abusive childhoods and stuff often try to become the opposite of who their parents were oh yes and then their biggest fears of being who their parents were so like let's say your father wasn't around you were you you were felt abandoned as a child or maybe you were abandoned your big thing is you're either gonna repeat that cycle abandon your kids or you're gonna be one of these people normally that or you know the opposite which is i'm a doting father and i'm a I, like i'm gonna be 110 percent in because i just don't want to be who my father was for me you know mm-hmm. um and i think tick is kind of like that where he doesn't want to be like Montrose so bad he doesn't even want to believe he he like he doesn't want to have that violence inside of him but if someone is hitting you all the time that becomes a language like yes it does you know how they always talk the love language but i think there's mm-hmm. also hate languages yes it is there's languages of violence there's languages of abuse and and all this shit and i think you know he's been affected by that so um thanks uh tick thanks her for stopping him later um because he's down there just uh uh i think this is when he's uh cleaning up his knuckles um and letty uh comes in uh to like the garage area and she brings him a roll of undeveloped film that has the pictures of titus's pages she's like i did take them i just haven't had time to process them yet and he's and she goes to leave and he says thank you for stopping me and she asked you know would you have killed him if i wasn't there and he says he 
has imagined it enough ever since he was a kid when his dad used to beat him mm-hmm. and um, and that's a real thing i've talked to other people and you know they are like yeah when that person abused me i started having dreams about it and it was like i had to leave like i mm-hmm. had dreams that i would kill them so that was like no it was time for me to go and tick never thought he was violent like his father until he said he went to war and then he found that violence inside of him in war which brings me back to the second episode when they were in ardom and his vision in the room was him fighting gia to death begging you know like trying to get her to stop and then essentially having to kill this person um who he seems to have cared very deeply about at least from what the context of that what we saw in that room Mm -hmm. so you know that's a like thinking about his childhood and then thinking about that scene in that room of his this being what must be his nightmare you know this his nightmare in that room is based on hurting someone he loves killing them yes um and it also puts the other people's nightmares in uh perspective too or their visions or whatever because those seem to be quote-unquote bad visions i mean uh obviously letty um having tick uh basically attempt to sexually assault her with a snake penis um (laughs) you know but when we but when we learn what we learn about letty in this episode i'm looking back at that dream now like oh that nightmare going oh these are the elements at play here and of course with george you know being the secret father of tick this whole time like that's Mm -hmm. that shit is like more deep in hindsight than it was at the time you know yes um anyway so he uh basically tells her that she says look seeing that side of you scares me and he says please don't be scared of me and he draws her close and it's kind of like it's not really sexual it's kind of like almost motherly like 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 she holds him her head you know he's sitting and she kind of holds him against his head like she's nurturing almost um but as with all violence you know you see a man that you're sleeping with beat the shit out of somebody whap you know what i'm saying y'all know (laughs) ain't nobody you know we can say what we want to but it's only so woke that people gonna get you know so unfortunately uh you know the caveman side just came out and you could see that both of their nipples were fully aroused um (laughs) yes him in that medium him through the medium tank top her through the 1950 style bra come on their lips meet passionately and suddenly he's no longer wearing a medium shirt as they embrace Mm -mm. and he uh kind of lightly slams her on the trunk of a car as they make (laughs) out with her legs wrapped around him and uh she sits him down on the couch viewing his engorged nether regions i'm sure and a scene the couch i can only describe as west coast productions booty talk casting couch circa 2003 brown um and ever the modern woman letty is she of course is already wearing savage fancy lingerie yes in in 1952 i I don't know she had all of the hooks i don't know what sort of uh (laughs) i don't know what sort of time machine she had but like it was not the the lingerie of the of the of the day of the 
we need to undo 17 girdles and uh i'm gonna need some instructions on how to unhook this bra like her shit was was like yeah yeah, with no tailway yeah she had some amazon stuff before um before the 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 it was even a thing i don't know how she got the modern lingerie but um she does uh freedom cheeks and then they make sweet red lining colored section negro love (laughs) with her on top because of course she comes from 2020 okay come on she got the power she was riding dick before riding dick was even cool okay and this is only like the second time she been fucking she really was like listen i'm in charge i've learned i've read the instructions okay i I wikipedia how to fuck and um i got the manual your girl doesn't i mean my second time was just as you know just as awkward as my first hers is she's like i'm already uh throwing this thing on them so um and what a lot of people don't know you know a lot of people say they tune into us for the uh historical side of the podcast they like that i use my book learning to add context well this is a little known fact a lot of people don't know that the large size t-shirt was not invented until 1960 which is why tick is always wearing smediums (laughs) smediums was the largest you could go back in the day in 1952 was. <laughs> your nipples cutting through it that was all that was that's all that was available <laughs> to the black man okay <laughs> the white man had large black men yeah. stop this medium yep you stop right there we are not giving you all that cotton boy even Mm-mm. if you picked it uh, you gonna have no arms then we get um montrose who goes to a hotel and of course his face is beat to shit like because that's the other thing montrose didn't even attempt to fight tick back Mm-mm. now when tick talked about leaving and how he like left when he left the, for the uh when he came back from the army got interviewed by that reporter his father confronted him about the shit like he, he signed up in the white man's army and then tick basically uh got in a fight with his father and left so that sounded like a fight yeah he probably he was probably the one to punch the holes in the walls i honestly believe montrose knew he was wrong knew what was coming and montrose speaks violence because that's what he learned as a kid and that's what he gave his own son he knew that he was gonna get beat up and never even like he just understood this was the punishment and that's it and he took the fight like he just he just let him beat him up so um yeah because he knows that uh tick is kind of in the prime Mm-hmm. so he's like the fuck i look like fucking with somebody that can bench press a car no thank you yeah maybe i mean i think old man strength is real though it is so you never underestimate the old man i think if my trials would have fought him back it would have been better than i mean obviously what happened to him i mean that was just a i, I don't think he had to fight in him like he was he, i think yeah he, like you said he just knew he was wrong mm-hmm and there was nothing he could say to justify it because i think if he felt like there was some form of justification i think he'd have fought back well i think the justification for him is that he's already told them i'm saving mm-hmm. y'all mm-hmm. he feels justified and vindicated and righteous mm-hmm. in this choice but i think it goes to something that i'm gonna try to remember to bring up later about it. i think he also just felt bad that he did that shit mm-hmm. regardless of regardless of whether or not he thinks he saved his family's life he knows what he did was extremely wrong um so montrose goes to a hotel where sammy answers the door also in the smedium 
because the white man would not let black men have larges at the time Mm-mm. um and so he asked who beat you up this time the ofes or the or the color or the niggas or whatever um which kind of hits at that intersection of you know the hate crimes that black gay men experienced back in that time which is you know you people were beating them up whether it be and and you could catch it from either side a racist person or another black person who go you gay you know um and so they have also they also have sex but this is not that that letty and um tick sex no it was not this wasn't i was not ready this wasn't like sexy sex Mm-mm. okay this was Mm-mm. like like fucking the demons out sex okay where it was just like i just got my ass whooped by my son and i just need to feel like a human i need to feel something again yeah, I need to this feel was something. holly berry and monsters ball sex you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's a completely different type of sex it wasn't like and that's not because it's like oh it's gay sex no 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 mm-hmm. i watch pose there's you know there's been se- I watch, yeah I watch there's it. sex between same-sex people that uh definitely is more quote-unquote um romantic yes. this wasn't that yes i watched porn that was softer than this like yeah. i was like Ooh! <laughs> this was this was definitely like uh you know make me feel something type sex okay come on and they have intense sex to frank ocean um and um Ma charles just basically fucked the oppression out of sammy it was <laughs> it was just, i mean look if there's one thing michael k williams character gonna do you know hbo he gonna keep on a bad light-skinned man okay he gonna if it's one thing omar and montrose gave me a comment okay they got a type um so then uh back to the basement food uh photo studio of the house uh tick is taking a post-sex nap uh because letty put it on him and she's of course uh processing all the uh photos and stuff um still she a working woman she was like look i i, I just let you sleep well i just feel like she did him like aria did gendry <laughs> yes she did well she's like yeah i'm a virgin but i got some ideas you know let me throw this thing on you and then we cut back and gendry was just like sleep and she was like well off the battle you off know? the fight in the war that's how letty was she's like i gotta go process some more pictures but you take a nap baby you've been stressed out okay um uh, beating your daddy up took a lot out of you you need to lay down <laughs> so but apparently he had been intensely studying the um word the pages from the pictures trying to decipher them um into some language he could understand and um he has a dream of the burning mansion that he escaped in episode two and his ancestor being ahead of him leading him out except this time he stops and he's wearing a suit this time not he's not no longer running around naked and this time his ancestor looks at him and he goes what and then he looks down and he catches on fire yes she was actually mouthing something to him and he couldn't actually hear what she was saying Mm -hmm. i'm I'm eventually gonna find out what she said but you know she was saying something yeah man and the way that they work with um ancestry magic and spells and shit i just feel like that's important somehow like that connection between him and that ancestor 
like you know maybe she got magical something i don't know but i feel like that's gonna come back mm-hmm. um so then uh when he started awake letty's like you know you okay and he's like i just had a had a uh you know dream or whatever she was like well i was just letting you sleep because you look like you was tired i thought through that thing on you and <laughs> uh he's like i'm just trying to decipher the code but i don't really know what it means and he goes over his like way of trying to decipher it he used his initials which were inside the ring that um uh why can't i remember her name cat christina mm-hmm. what that christina braithwaite gave him so he looks in there he's like well these are my initials we know the word protection in this language so that's like 11 of the 26 letters of the alphabet to which uh he that's what letty says and he's like if they basically using the same alphabet because i don't know Mm, like if it's translated into english right because it could be translated to another language um and he thinks it could be similar to chinese hieroglyphics which you know maybe something that he learned in um um uh when he went to war or something i don't know i, I think it is because he, he seems to know some chinese or some symbolism or something and then letty says this would have been easier with yohima's help but montrose had to let her go but that was good because she deserved to be free and we wouldn't be no better than titus if we kept her here locked up in this house and that's when he realizes she has not put together what he put together which is my father killed yohima like you know you like like you like you ain't you like you ain't gonna find her walking the street there there's no return like we we can't find a a a a, a where's waldo yeah she's not here no more right um and uh domingo i'm not saying chinese is the same as korean duh uh we're we're a very sophisticated podcast here um i'm saying he may have learned something about that in the war and they do seem like they're gonna try to go back and look at that time period because he didn't say this looks like korean hieroglyphics so i'm like where the fuck will he learn chinese hieroglyphics from to even be like i recognize this i mean don't seem like he learned that uh in the colored library okay Mm-mm. just saying them books had to stay there so uh we'll see if maybe i don't because we still don't know what he did in the war right Mm-mm. hmm i wonder what he could have been doing we gonna like i wonder if he was doing something with that book knowledge because he's so smart like could he have been a translator of some type does he know other languages i know he speaks or not speaks he understands the language of adam when he hears it mm-hmm so i don't know there's a lot going on with tick uh, we'll see we'll see but he did not say korean hieroglyphics he said chinese so i don't know y'all let me know uh maybe he was maybe he also is ignorant and thinks korean is chinese um but then <laughs> but then, but yeah he basically says he burned the pages but he also got rid of for real permanently ohima and when letty realizes this she basically is like like this this honestly drives her to like a breakdown point of almost being like why are we even fucking with this shit we should also destroy it then and he's like but it's just a tool because she's like no it's evil it's making you know and she she was doing that good black acting journey some that she's like no no this is evil this is gotta get rid of it and he's like no it's just a tool and we need to do it we use it for the right thing she to protect like, ourselves it's done destroyed shit you see you see the length your dad is going through that 
for us not to fuck with it like it must be some shit behind this that we are unaware of right so um that it's like her thing was like this shit is evil it's the devil it's like she went back to old school like the bible religion honey she was about to she was about to toss that shit at the house and say in the name of jesus you got to get out my house right so um she was like this is evil this gotta go and he goes no we can use it to protect our family she and she goes that's what your dad think he doing he killed somebody like he burned the pay like your father is being destructive because he thinks he's protecting somebody um so then um the uh she she basically is like this corrupting us blah 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 uh backstage at a drag show in the dressing room Mm -hmm. everyone is getting ready and talking that shit ain't they though um and uh sammy is putting makeup over montrose's face and they're kind of joking about how montrose is so quiet like oh you dating a quiet man you know and you can tell this is something they do frequently Mm -hmm. like that like making them up and you know covering up the scars and shit that's something oh oh, you think they do that frequently yeah yes because he did say who was to beat you up this time Mm -hmm. so like clearly they been physically assaulted almost is just part of the risk of life i guess yes and you can tell that uh montrose has been around them like 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 that was his ritual was to to be there and just kind of be made up and just kind of cover the scars and it may have been in the past after he covered the scars he may have left but this time he just might have decided to stay like like we don't really know Mm. but you can tell that he wasn't new to the atmosphere of uh the queens yeah he didn't look unco- he didn't look uncomfortable being backstage no. like that um and he looks as if he's part of the community even if he's not necessarily out but mm-hmm. then at that time not many people really had the privilege of being able to be out unless um, they were in the atmosphere like that right exactly which is why the ballroom spaces and stuff became popular in the first place or the underground ballrooms is because this is the one place you can be free and you know whether it's the drag queen uh experience or whether it's just being trans whether it's being openly gay and loving somebody like you there were no real spaces for you to do that because at the time being gay was also just illegal yes it was a crime like it wasn't just a black thing a white thing it was like you don't get to be gay whether whoever you are this is illegal you we go to can jail lock you up you can go to jail for being gay period um and yeah, so, so a lot of states had sodomy on their law book just yeah, just some so, still do yes right just so they can lock you up right so um back but backstage they you know they're basically talking shit but one of the things that comes out is like my they call montrose a quiet man and it's like well you know a uh, quiet man can tell you everything they tell you with their eyes and something else too you know like it was all that Ooh. and montrose wasn't even like laughing or mm-hmm. getting into it at all like he just was very required like reserved like he maybe like it just felt like he wasn't out out and whatever gay was in his mind um it wasn't necessarily okay to be and it made me think about his the conversation he had with george where george says he should have protected him more and why don't you why don't you do art and all this stuff anymore he talked about that his father beating him for drawing the art and and posters for the um negro baseball um teams that came to town 
and it made me think to myself so what if his father was beating him all those years for quote unquote being soft mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. see what i'm saying because that sounds like the beatings he got were worse and more targeted and george did not get as many and i wonder if his father thought he could beat the gay out of him yes. which is not that uncommon some people still believe that bullshit yeah it's like but what you doing drawing right you know because that's quote unquote because that's some kid shit that's not that's not and i don't mean this in a scared in a mean way but Mm -mm. that's not quote unquote gay stuff to a lot of people like Mm -mm. your son drawing like welcome to town jackie robinson is not necessarily the fucking like oh my god is this fucking kid but if if there were other things in the household and he was like he go be himself again that you know and we know that george didn't get it as bad i don't know man it's like yeah. i'm starting to think a lot of the complexity with montrose and the abuse stuff is going to be around his sexuality yes and also it just made me understand tick's perspective of his parents you know of of, of montrose and his mama because you know it's one of those things where they probably did not get along because he may not even be sexually attracted to her or he may be bisexual i don't know you know um but it may be one of those things where who knows if his mother knew about this or not mm-hmm. and that may have been the problem you know like 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 because you're like a gay man with a woman and a child and the thing is you don't even know if this child is yours you're under the assumption well, i don't, don't know i think he did know i mean i'm going with my theory i brought up last week which is i think he does know that's not his son uh, i mean it's obvious he knows because right. um george brought it up before he died yeah yeah, got, yeah he didn't want to talk about it yeah yes. he got mad at him for bringing it up basically like we don't talk about that uh i wouldn't be i don't know for sure the backstory but i, I i'm leaning towards george was in love with um oh, I'm, oh god her name starts with a d i believe um but he was in love with her with with tick's mom door got door yes got door pregnant yeah and it's kind of like let's solve two problems with one solution you're gay you can't live an outward life anyway Mm -mm. so out of family obligation you take care of um basically my child and 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 my and the woman i should have the woman i got pregnant and then you know george has his other life now i'm leaning towards that i don't know for sure obviously things yeah, can happen and, and, i haven't and, read the book and, blah, and, blah. and that completely makes sense like they had already was under the agree- agreement like hey so you can stop getting your ass beat go ahead and marry this woman right. you know and you know claim the child is yours right and i'm sure george being at least from what we've seen so far somewhat of an honorable character mm-hmm. maybe we'll see what circumstance could have possibly happened that they would agree to this you know what i'm saying because i know they got ran out of tulsa um it, it could be a lot of shit i don't know yeah you know what i'm saying i'm not saying i have figured out all the answers because that's what the fuck they supposed to do tell us the story but there's some threads that are making me lean towards like this was an obligation for montrose that he carried out but still ended up you know being violent towards his uh son they clearly never were going to tell tick um so it's just you know it's just going to be interesting and then this is his way of protecting tick which is the promise he made to george you know um which is so interesting uh considering that you know 
this may not be the first promise he's made to george to, to basically take care of tick mm. um at any rate though so they um you know they just they just have a good old time back backstage in the dressing room everybody getting ready talking that shit uh sammy puts the makeup on over montrell's face they talk about him being quiet they they it seems like the people in the room kind of and i'm not sure if they're if they're like saying we know y'all are fucking but we know y'all aren't together because publicly he has not claimed you or if they're like literally they like we didn't even know y'all we don't even know that that y'all like fuck and or any of this shit i think it's the first one okay because they do bring up like well you know y'all y'all when y'all gonna make it official you haven't even so much as kissed or whatever Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh this is me this feels more like he has not claimed you You're right. publicly he's not embraced like yes i'm gay yes i'm with you um sammy talks about his theme for the night it's gonna be based off of the uh this uh news report that we see earlier in the story talk uh for ruby story we'll get to that soon but about african locust he calls it locusta migratoria the migra- migrating locust or something um and uh there's then a full drag show ballroom and sammy walks around uh in full drag uh with a sash on that says second place which i noticed i was like i thought because at first i thought oh oh uh sammy won and it's gonna be uh (laughs) it's gonna be first place it was like oh sammy won second okay i was like who was first then right who like i missed the show right like let's go back like did they have their own um pray tale back then in chicago like did they have their own version i I feel like there's a lot of culture we missed yes in this episode yes a a lot of houses we missed right um and then uh sammy walks over to montrose who's kind of leaning up against the wall on some like you know the the, you know kind of like the boys at a school dance when you're in seventh grade and no one is asking anyone to dance because they're all too shy you know and except this is a room full of people who are you know out or within the lifestyle um and he still feels like you know and and it's not just because he got his face is beaten up or it's something else like you it felt like he does this every week like he goes there and he stands and leans up against the pole and he just looks down at the ground um because this is his space in his community but also he's not fully comfortable being himself yet um but tonight is different yeah and also dealing with the sexuality dealing with tick dealing with all the the who knows what he's picked up uh uh with christina and them it's a form of sadness it's like a, it's like they're telling us a sad story a lot of depression a lot of anger well i think he's a sad depressed man i mean we know he drinks to the point of fucking like talking to himself mm-hmm. on a regular basis mm-hmm. you know tick had to throw water on him to wake him up like you know yeah, and that might be why he sound like this drinking has been a part of his life for years yeah yeah you know adds to the violence like i said maybe he's been depressed you know Mm -hmm. these is kind of before people had all these words and shit for all this definitely nobody was getting fucking therapy at this time Mm -hmm. um not for no colored person of that stat like you know you're not fucking uh wb the boys and shit so um at any rate um this does turn into like this beautiful scene though because it's almost like 
he finally lets himself go and be free to a certain extent sammy takes his hand they dance together then he starts dancing with other people and partying except the music is modern music once again so it's not like like we see horns in an old school band but that's not the music we hear um uh like the music is very much like uh some it's lonely world by moses sumney so it's very Mm -hmm. new shit um and then uh they literally lift him up in their arms the queens like carry him uh, across the party at a dance floor as glitter rains from the ceiling and then when they let him down he's so like kind of charged up um michael k williams be acting dog he did kisses sammy in public for what i assume is the first time in that environment especially it may have been and the then, first time period because right. it's because it, they don't even kiss when they had sex right Mm-mm. so and then he cries like it was a very emotional scene now this is what i thought after that scene though so if this is his community how how does he feel about what he did to yohima you know what i mean because that was an act of violence against somebody that essentially would have a home in the community like there's people like that in the community he's in you know what i mean that's why he was that's so how does he reckon with what he did who knows and i think that like my prediction is Yahim is not dead so yeah. I you know I think she's she, she's going to reappear at some period of time um and I think that uh that's why he was like I'm sorry because he knew what he was doing was so fucked up because it's coming and there's this beautiful moment of like freedom and liberation and it's so well choreographed and everything but then there's it to me there's always this albatross hanging above but, but, but what you just did you know what i mean you took away someone's life you know so i don't know man it's just it's very interesting conflict and i do hope they develop it and don't drop that thread i, I don't want it to just be yeah and then you know, died and that was it so I, i'm with you I, I really do hope and think that for the plot's sake she's got to be alive or come back somehow because oh yeah because what as th- that as- is a way of her going out to me is just so not good yeah and as long as she's been around i could see it something where you know her skin literally came back on her body so i could see her being uh having immortality yeah um and then the other thing for me too is that um sammy almost looks like yohima dressed dressed in drag and stuff like so i don't know it's just it was a lot man and the violence that they experienced as gay people at this time and how common it was that they i mean no one even asked him about the fact he has a black eye or nothing so it was just i don't know man oh god um so then um letty is taking a bath reading the bible uh trying to get this evil out of the system tick comes in to see if she's okay she's like i've been trying to find a prayer to say for yohima and then she talks about her mom taking her and ruby to church when they were kids and that never made her a true believer she just learned how to play the part and they talk about trying to find some good in the world and then tick says he feels responsible for bringing bad stuff into letty's life which is why he's trying to bring some good into it too um which i think you know she's like what do you you know what does that mean and he's like you know what do you what do you mean and she goes last time i thought you were going we were going somewhere like a like as a relationship 
i found out you were trying to move back to florida because you know she basically when she was like you know when i thought you know maybe there was gonna be something there you know that's the day i found out you was gonna kill um christina and then packed your shit and just was gonna go to florida and not even say goodbye to me so like what the fuck is what are we okay what is this and uh everybody goes through that in a relationship at some period of time what are we yeah like it was you know so i know the rules right like you're not just gonna be uh playing me or whatever mm-hmm. um so I, especially not a person like Letty. she was like look either i'm here or i ain't right it, it was very much uh, yes you should have been with me very much you'd have been right by my side it was very much this energy okay it was very much a uh love should have brought your ass home last night um and that's when he tells her about gia who is the korean woman that we saw i believe korean who that we saw in his uh vision in the room i believe is also the person he called on the phone mm-hmm. um when he in episode one uh, that told him he shouldn't have come home <coughs> excuse me and so um he basically says there was a girl um he was with in korea but it ended strangely and he doesn't know it because she's like well did you love her and he goes i don't know if it was love because i never had good examples of it growing up handing back to what you said uh about his parents uh montrose and well what he consumes to be his parents his parents Mm -hmm. and he also says um his parents love was unknowable which is a hell of a fucking way to describe your parents love like you know and and it would make sense if yeah, they didn't love each other your father you know if your father was gay and doing this out of obligation to you but also violent towards you you know i don't know if he was violent towards her as well or not they haven't really said i don't think yeah and it may have been something with all three of them were in cahoots like you know uh montrose mom and george was like hey we're gonna settle for this and they actually didn't like each other because she was like nigga i don't love you and you Mm -hmm. don't love me um so yeah so we ended up um with uh letty then saying like my mom and ruby basically fall in love too easy like any man flashed them some attention this is you know like okay you the one and she was like it made me the opposite once again children trying to be the opposite of their parents she was like i'm don't want to be with any man unless it means something yeah don't waste my time and we know that she was a sexually a virgin until uh the 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 third episode of the show Mm -hmm. and takes the first man she ever even slept with and so which tells you that you know she felt it meant something and he says um this is special and i'm not all confused at all confused about that anymore um and then um later back in the basement he's deciphering more pages he has some type of break okay and before you go on i i think that montrose played a a role in that when they were talking and lady was huffing and puffing and going ahead of them because she was mad and you know, Montrose talking about uh, know a song for your woman and stuff like that. I really think that that made Tick think. Like, 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 think, like, how, what does this woman mean to me? 
how do i really feel about this woman um what what is our connection and you could tell that there was feelings there but when you have a a, an an unknowing you don't know what the hell love looks like (laughs) you don't know how to properly respond to it you don't know how to react to it because you don't really truly know what it is yeah it's also that thing too that i think she saw that ugly side of him and didn't completely reject him so there's something there too you know like she she saw who who like what he's capable of and and his kind of his greatest shame you know to a certain extent and in a weird way that's intimacy too now it can be used obviously for wrong shit there's people who are abusive that do that yes that's one of the reasons people get into cycles of abusiveness is because well they're they're so real with me they're showing me what they would never show anyone but it's like yeah but the thing they're showing you is violence and uh and and trauma and shit this is not you know like but it is an intimacy to it you know Mm -hmm. um and hopefully so far what they've done with these characters that's not something we're going to have in the show but yeah it just it made me think about about that you know um at any rate uh later on he's deciphering the pages down in the basement and he has an epiphany runs to the phone calls that long distance number again operator yeah korea please and uh he uh the phone answers no one says anything he just can tell someone picked it up he says how did you know and the voice waits a beat and says you believe me now you should have listened to me what are you and he goes he goes what are you now who now who are you now who are you what what are you and then she hangs up or the thing hangs up i don't know and then the pages he deciphers at the bottom it says die d-i-e um and this is the same voice and the same phone number of the person that told him you shouldn't have gone home before he hung up on them episode one mm-hmm. that's it for letty ticking and montrose yeah and i think that that's the woman in korea gia gia yes so you think gia's still alive mm-hmm. yeah i don't know because mm-hmm. he I, talks I about gia her. like like she died or something i don't know what the fuck is happening but yeah it's i mean i I, but with him saying what are you like now i'm like is some taking her place some controlling her is she some type of creature i don't know all these fucking all this magic on this motherfucker i don't know what's happening all right speaking of magic let's get the ruby (laughs) okay this is the one uh a white woman a white woman wakes up in the bed and it's the same white woman who had the dogs back in Artem. Oh, okay. I was trying to place that one. Wow. You watched the whole thing and didn't know that? No. <laughs> I just thought it was a random white woman. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same white woman. I didn't realize it was that same because she was cleaned up. You know, that yeah. lady was dirty and nasty looking. I mean, you know, because of her character. But, you know, she well, she wasn't all cleaned and, and up. So I was like, okay, they just picked a random white woman. I have white woman facial blindness as well. But, you know, researching some of the show stuff, like when I have to look up characters and stuff, you know, it'll be like this character played, this actress played these two characters or whatever. Um <sighs> but yeah they they yeah it was the same white woman cleaned up and one dirty down uh which is so funny because the racist version of her that was all country and stuff 
uh was good and i was remember mm-hmm. i remember being like damn they really didn't do much with that character at all like with this actress you know that's like very few sometimes you eat up a role like latavius on um latavius on black lightning where yes. you do so good it's like okay what are y'all gonna i know y'all noticed it as producers and directors what are y'all gonna do to get this man back on the show yes and you play the hell out of that role she ate that racism y'all up. gonna sell some old-fashioned drugs whatever you want boss you know when she was the black bears are yes. not very smart very stupid blacks you know but not stupid stupid like a dog stupid but like a ape not nearly as smart as the white pure polar bears that racism was mwah. you know them black bears eating their watermelons dancing they jigs hmm why are you looking at me like that yogi <laughs> you darkest <laughs> so then um uh the white woman wakes up and uh stretches and stares at her hands as if they are new hands she has never seen before then she stares she jumps out of like 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 jumps up in the bed stares down at her body like what the fuck are these white titties doing mm-hmm. and then just out of bed and has trouble standing as if they're like new legs doe legs like when you see a deer born in the middle of the forest and it can't even walk and uh truth be told when i seen it i kept saying in my mind i was like that's ruby because because in my mind i was like he put a trance or a william put a trance or a spell on her Mm -hmm. i was like whatever it did this is the end result well she looks in the mirror at her full naked white body and goes wake up ruby slaps her face wake up and that's when the title credits start and i was just like oh what the fuck are we watching yeah i was this like this nigga done fucked her white done done changed her into a whole ass white woman okay this motherfucker got the magic stick for real okay this <laughs> yeah. ass. he gonna solve all the racism turn turn you into one white woman at a time you fuck william you wake up you like i love pumpkin spice lattes okay? come on where's my uh and honestly now that i think about it all lives do matter all come right? on come on i want to all of a sudden i want to go get a tan mm-hmm. tom brady's my favorite quarterback all right um later on the street we see the same white lady walking around looking disheveled lost and she is in the colored part of town so like she's not a white lady looking disheveled and lost in the white part of town no she's where the blacks are uh because those will be the streets that are familiar to ruby yes she looks in a shop door in the reflection of it and a shop owner comes out and says miss can i help you and she goes i'm I'm ruby baptiste i'm lost uh i i need help and then uh she turns around and all the black people are staring at her like what is this white woman doing you don't belong here but like in a way of concern like how do we how do we we get you back where you belong because we don't want no problems right like partially you present danger something something happened to you but then also like you need help um and so a little a boy sees her says ma'am are you okay and she bumps into him because she's so frantic and of course as always as soon as he this little boy boy holding this movie popcorn bumps this lady the police finally show up out of nowhere 
and they just you know of course like this little boy's a rapist slam him on the ground beat him down you know like they're about to fuck this little kid up yeah they was slammed him on the hood of the car like ma'am is he molesting you like they didn't even go to <laughs> harassing bothering they went to nope. straight like ma'am is this little boy trying to sexually assault you in the middle of the street in front of everybody she was like and so but the thing is and this is such great acting on this actress's part the way they played it she is ruby inside right so she reacted how a black woman would react she put her hands up yes she did i was like oh that's that is definitely ruby police showed up she threw her hands and like oh we all going to jail right right like she was clearly scared like she was like oh my god these motherfuckers are about to fuck me up okay yes so um she might as well said i didn't do it right so she was like um let me like 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 put my hands up you know officers please don't shoot and they're like man miss white woman was this poor was this colored boy this monster trying to kill you or something and she didn't look at your own no no she was like no he didn't and right before the cop was about to beat the shit out of the kid she goes oh he didn't hurt me i got lost and the police won't see it and the police begrudgingly let the boy go by the mm-hmm. way it's still still begrudgingly it did it wasn't a oh we sorry about that we didn't realize okay we would not we they was like i guess i got uh, i'm not gonna get violent in front of this white woman i guess we'll beat your black ass tomorrow tomorrow yeah right now we have a missing white woman alert um and so she says he didn't hurt me i got lost the police let him go and then they put her in the back of the squad car and they say they're taking her home to which she's like looking at the neighborhood like you can't take me here this is where white people live <laughs> yeah this is i was at home this is not home and they're like ma'am your husband's been real worried about you and she's like husband i don't have no husband that man did something to me um and uh they're like he said that you know you off your meds or something like you might be having some problems and you need to come back to the house yeah, right you away start having ticks right and so she started having these spasms in the back of the car and they're like yep this is the spasms he was talking about um and keep in mind she is a white woman but they are not listening to her Mm-mm. why would they she's still a woman these two white men in the front of this cop car are like a white man said his wife is out now think about what the scenarios could have been she could have been escaping an abusive situation at home and she's telling them like please don't bring me back to this man i don't trust him that's not my husband they was like yeah yeah whatever bitch the white man already told us <laughs> what happened what the truth you, is your ass is going back you are on your meds and you yes. need to get back home a property we're taking you back to your owner yeah meanwhile i'm thinking like damn did williams dick turn her into a wear karen like is it every full moon she just whoa pocus spice you know like you just like oh woo! like you just stare to the moon start howling taylor swift songs uh no miley cyrus songs and your hands up planning something with the butterfly fly away oh no it's starting i'm transforming <laughs> like yeah <laughs> she busts out shake it all right shake it. haters gonna hate 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 oh my god i think i'm trying to do white oh woman. no it's happening it's happening it's like rain come on on your wedding day oh no i had to i had to go chain myself to a starbucks before where's the little lemon where's, where's my the, latte where's the little lemon i i had to go before it's too late i know isn't it ironic right the, oh no um 
so then she starts to spasm her eye, one of her eyes turns brown we get a close-up of that freaky shot and then uh so it's like oh is she starting to transform or something and then they pull up william take and she's so like the spasm she's going through of taking her so like out of it she can't even protest anymore Mm-mm. she really just needs to get somewhere and get in the house so william pull, pulls up uh comes out walks like carries up into the house um and then we walk in and this motherfucker got the house decked out like american psycho like <laughs> right before uh right before christian bell used to kill people in that movie and he put like like some dexter shit like plastic yeah, all over the, the floor and shit and i'm like yeah yeah he, he had more plastic than your grandma couch yes he, he, yeah it was the couch in the den plastic in that yes he did like ain't nothing getting fucked up in here so then um he lays her on the ground she's wriggling and shit and he says stop fighting you're only slowing down the process and then turns up the tv to the news to cover the he said you know the neighbors don't need to hear this i'm like what is he about to murder this white woman and then she tries to crawl away he grabs her pulls her back onto the plastic and now he's wearing gloves like like shit about to get real i don't know what the hell is about to happen up in this piece and he got a knife Mm-hmm. so he's basically oj at this point oh um, somebody about to die uh so he, she says i don't want to die and he goes he would say metamorphosis isn't death now i don't know who the he is in the he when he says he would say metamorphosis isn't death maybe we'll find out later but that's, that, that's what he said was he would say i know you know it's not william who's mm-hmm. the he maybe so. maybe from reading the book of idol yeah. maybe from titus maybe yeah uh, the, her uh the father her, yeah christina's father yeah so uh he opens her uh robe and stabs her in the stomach as she screams and then it kind of goes into the dis like the foreground of us watching this news report but in the background we see like the he is like ripping like there's this ripping motion of almost like ripping something out of her like opening up her ribs i was like the fuck is happening in the background and she's screaming in the background and then the news reporter's like in breaking news a swarm of 16 billion kenyan locusts are moving across north africa with and great- fucking up everything while they while they move across the land with great britain in their crosshairs because you know they only care when it start getting close to the white people shit uh scientists say locust nymphs hatch from eggs and they go through five molting stages where they will shed their skin yeah i'll be paying attention uh where they will shed their skin and develop their wings after seven days they can reach their full sexual maturity as adult locusts destined to devour everything in their paths and we will be coming back to this moment because i think it's important um so, so obviously locus is about to fuck some shit up well i feel like it's foreshadowing like are you foreshadowing what ruby will become are you foreshadowing what william already is um mm. so we'll get into that uh then we come back ruby's laying on the bed uh eyes closed like she's asleep and william walks in wearing only a towel starts getting dressed in this uh dope ass burgundy suit and uh goes on a uh a, a rich white man monologue Mm-hmm. a butterfly lives a full life before it dies and a caterpillar emerges from the same cells the essence of the butterfly yet different it's more i wanted to apply this process on metamorphosis to human but my research is all theoretical it was laughed at by the academic community 
until i by chance i met a disgraced professor named hiram epstein who is the former owner of that house the one-armed scientist that experimented on black people mm-hmm. uh who was kicked out of a, a, a university for experimenting on humans he wanted nothing more than to understand the universe but it was beyond his reach so he created doorways not scientific but magical though one could argue they're one and the same to which point he uh kind of sits down on the bed next to ruby and goes i know you're awake ruby and ruby just stops bullshitting and is like all right yeah you're right i'm up yeah and the thing is it's it's funny though because i was like oh ruby has no idea who the hell william is talking about mm-hmm. and but we know as you know and we know that letty knows and it's gonna be interesting when ruby finds out what how what letty knows and what you know and, and shit like that yeah this is all for the show for us at home the viewers but for ruby you're right this means next to nothing Mm-mm. like you know, people mean nothing to her yeah like that's the thing i would i could say like sometimes i i love the show by the way um like is it to me i love i just love it um but sometimes the show does step outside and become like a show show mm-hmm. and to me this is like a you know exposition it's it's listen audience you need some help putting these two pieces together in case you're not getting it let's spell it out for you um the, you know william is involved in this thing too and this uh this uh fight for the pages of adam and all this type of shit so mm-hmm. um at any rate um he sits down on the bed and goes um oh wait he looks in the mirror and speaks some of the language of adam and then he sits on the bed and we see butterflies form out of nothing and start flying around the room and he's like ruby i know you're awake and now she sees she wakes up she sees well she stops faking sleep looks up and sees the butterflies flying around the room uh by the way her faking sleep is the blackest shit ever because this nigga done secretly turned me to a white woman and now i'm back to myself i'm honestly just trying to sleep until he leave the house so i can sneak the fuck out i think that was her plan she was like me after every every time my parents were like you know uh what you did today you're gonna get a whooping and i ain't gonna do it right now and i'm like i'm gonna go fake being asleep okay we just gonna see if i can get through this one by just pretending to be asleep and see for me i was terrible i pretend and then i would actually go to sleep yeah i, I mean that's what would happen normally but you know what else normally stop me from getting a whooping come on parents don't like whooping sleeping children because i mean you're gonna be back up (laughs) right then they got to deal with your ass being woke again i thought it was because they thought i was adorable sleeping but now Mm -hmm. i'm grown i'm like they probably just gonna whoop somebody and then you gotta deal with two more hours of this nigga calming down again right because then i got their energy back no thank you stay asleep they're like you know what he went to bed at 4 30 in the afternoon i already won this round <laughs> i won <laughs> i shit i got the rest of the day to my goddamn self this motherfucker went to bed before star trek the next generation came on i'm gonna just take the win and <laughs> yes move this uh, on i'm gonna take the victory oh this nigga even missed dinner i'm gonna take right. the victory we'll talk about this shit in the morning um so yeah he um um she he basically says wake up and she goes magic is real and he's like yeah and then she was like did you did i die so you could turn me into that white woman and he's like no the potion just mimics metamorphosis it wears off after a time and he's uh what oh that's when she goes magic is real he goes does that scare you and she goes it scares the shit out of me to wake up white then when i was stumbling down the street crazy and disheveled and screaming at everyone around me they weren't scared of me they were scared for me 
they all treated me like and he's like a human being message mm-hmm. um i know the transformation was par- painful but that's the point i want to go back to with her going down the street those people were concerned for her now sure they were concerned for their safety because this white woman in their proximity at that time white woman is shit to today can be weaponized the same thing that we watch happen with um christian cooper you yes. know and, and yes. many of these other white women calling the police on people agreed so you know in that moment sure they were concerned for their own safety but there's also an innate care and concern about another human being something that we have as marginalized people that white people don't always have right like you know if that would have been clan country and some white one black woman was walking down the street disheveled there there would be a level of nigger you don't belong get the fuck out but not a ma'am you seem to be hurt how can we help you yes that's not a thing that was often happened then and sometimes to today come on not a thing that often happens so you know you like you can hope you run across a good white person but there's just as much a chance you run across a a shit probably a better chance in a lot of areas and definitely in 1952 that you run across the wrong white person uh at any rate uh he's she uh william says i know the transformation was painful she says that wasn't pain that was something else like being unmade and he says i promise it'll be easier next time she's like it won't be a next time and that's when he's like i gotta go leave i got some business to take care of you know sound like that interlude off a of, uh supreme clientele mm-hmm. he, he might as well say i got some hoes to go i need to go look at mm-hmm. i got some business to take care of because you've been fucking with the ace uh and then on the counter he leaves a stack of money and another dose of that potion on a golden tray mm-hmm. and ruby gets her stuff like she gonna leave and then she stops stares back at that tray and uh guess what y'all the next the next thing we see is a montage of ruby out in public as a white woman being the whitest of the white and i love the way they filmed this it was uh overlaid to a narration of uh uh intozaki uh shange's poem um uh an excerpt from for color girls who consider suicide when the rainbow is enough um and so it's this beautiful spoken word but at the same time and it's talking about like the pains of being a black woman and the beauty of being a black woman why won't people you know um celebrate black women and shit but at the same time it's ruby as a living a white woman life yes and and the thing is what was so beautiful about this is because we know it was ruby her actions were still black mm-hmm. even though she was a white woman like she walking and a police officer was directing traffic she stopping and she like you know because uh, white people have a tendency to when you when you're walking to they'll just walk into you like you're not even there mm-hmm. and so you know she was moving around moving out of people's ways you know not walking like she was white like like she owned shit you know and so i was like oh she might be white but she is literally still moving like a black person yeah i mean it's, it's almost the same as what happened that first um <clears throat> it's almost the, the the what happened in that first scene where the cops pulled up on her and she raised both hands mm-hmm. it's not as pronounced as that Mm-mm. but the thing i noticed is her, her white her day of freedom you know in this poem that is talking about celebrating black womanness womanness and stuff her freedom was just 
regular white people just regular shit it wasn't even right. white people shit like it's regular stuff we take for shit. granted today um like she goes to the park she goes and gets some ice cream which is given to her for free mm-hmm. which really harkens back to that uh gordon parks um ice cream um uh homage that they had in episode one where they showed the colored ice cream section mm-hmm. she was going through the front yes right and then then the dude gave it to her mm-hmm. um she didn't have to spend any money mm-hmm. um then she sits down on a park bench and she reads the newspaper yeah my i, I thought mary poppins was gonna show up butterflies was everywhere right it was it was honestly uh when i tell you i live a white woman of color life the only thing missing was uggs okay come on look like a whole disney channel commercial right and so then uh in the park she reads a newspaper and sees an ad i noticed one of the the ad that she was looking at the most was a movie called confidence girl which is a 1952 movie about a woman who was basically a con artist and then um her and her boyfriend trying to con people led to her uh downfall Mm. um but yeah it's just you know it was but it was like oh because she's kind of a con artist right now no one knows this is a con ruby is not this white woman Mm-mm. um and so then uh ruby goes back to the mansion she's relaxing in the tub singing uh between the devil and the deep blue sea which is a song about um two impossible choices like do you pick between the devil which you know the devil always has some type of stipulation stipulation some evil plan you're gonna have to get some up or the deep blue sea which is you know hopeless and infinite and a struggle that will you know you will eventually succumb to so which do you choose um and when she's singing a song you see william staring at her from the doorway she's in the tub and she basically just goes all right cut the shit what do you want you didn't do this for nothing yeah i know i ain't that special you could have picked any color girl on that side of town not just me so what do you want from me and he said and she's uh she's like why me and he goes why not um and and he comes over to the tub starts washing her back and uh he says laying eyes on her was the first time he felt magic where there was none um and which is a smooth line uh but it always feel like you know william is 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 full of shit to a certain extent for me i don't know how you feel in these scenes well yeah like a smooth talker yeah it don't feel it feels like seduction not yes not like romance but Mm -hmm. you know so he says that eventually he will need a favor for a woman friend and does that bother you and she's like depends on what the favor is and he's like it's a small favor insignificant really and then he holds a towel for she gets out of the bath and until then he tells her you can do whatever you please come and go as you want in whatever skin you like so i guess she's out of the boarding house apparently so uh he asked uh why didn't she use any of the money on the stand though because he came back the potion was gone but the money was still there and she said she enjoyed her entire day using the only currency she needed whiteness come on yeah like she was trying to tell y'all something back there okay whites uh enjoying this show okay we we on to your shit we know message uh (laughs) but yeah it's like i'm just gonna use the only currency that matters in america okay whiteness is 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 what matters okay um which you can't really blame her with the right white man we can do anything okay uh in this case white woman um so uh then we get um 
uh get back from my notes here all right so then um after saying you can do whatever you want uh she also says i don't know what's more difficult being colored or being a woman most days i'm happy to be both but the world keeps interrupting and i'm sick of being interrupted and he says so what's next for ruby uninterrupted now this was kind of like a panty melting line but not in a sexual way but in a like empowering way like i'm offering you something (laughs) with this whiteness um so then uh money by cardi b plays mm-hmm. now this is now i'm telling you i'm getting more and more used to the count to the current music in the like it's, it's growing on me even more like at first i was kind of like talking myself into it like oh okay but but like I fit the scene now like sometimes you're just like that's perfect that's mm-hmm. perfect and money in this scene walking into marshall fields as a white woman that was it that's almost perfect for that scene and the way they show like all this 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 consumer goods and shit that she probably would never have access to as a black person and with that i was born to flex diamonds on my neck i like one like even as a black woman ruby liked the finer things in life she liked to be fancy and that's the thing even as a broke black woman she find the shit so and well put together and all this stuff and all these scenes mm-hmm. so like and she walked i don't want to say uppity but she walked like mm-hmm. i owned it even as a black woman she walked like oh I, oh I, we gonna get to that because you know what mm-hmm. you know what what stick a pin in that because i'm oh. coming back to that shit okay okay because she does carry herself a certain way mm-hmm. some may even call her bougie okay um but yeah so as a white woman though she goes up to paul hughes office who opens the door and he's like come on in miss davenport she's chosen the name hillary davenport you know maybe for hillary clinton i don't know uh and he's basically looks at her resume and goes seven typing classes eight account classes goddamn you overqualified you you should be getting my job (laughs) because white people think that's always funny and it wouldn't surprise me if that was her true resume just with she changed the name come on karen you see it okay be on the same page mm-hmm. and then he says but tell me what's not on the resume who is hillary davenport and she seemed to have a prepared story but the kind of prepared story you have when you you haven't truly thought you would get this far you know what i mean right she started coming out and it was like oh oh, oh, wait, oh, oh wait a minute i need to mod- I need- it was almost like i should have rewrote this out i need to modify this story just like, a little bit she tried to answer it like it was a movie monologue she's like who is hillary davenport well i'm glad you asked hillary davenport is an important good uh white woman of ill of of all sorts of modern renown um uh and he's like yeah but like where you from that kind of shit and she's like oh yes i'm a small town in maine and he's like which one i'm from maine a small it's too small you wouldn't even know it would try me anyway my mother moved to chicago with my sister and she would take me and let it i mean me and my sister um because a white woman would never say her sister's name Mm -mm. uh me and my sister we go you know from heartbreak to heartbreak and she would take us to department stores and all the people would greet her and she would feel whole again and i thought what would it be like to be on the other side of that counter and i thought to myself she didn't answer none of his questions and i honestly honestly at this point i said 
she didn't make a plan she thought she could rely on whiteness and vagueness and would just get the job anyway now she gonna get busted and guess what y'all she ain't get busted because whiteness is that good whiteness is real good i told you it's a hell of a drug right he's like looking at your resume here it says your social security number one 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 that's correct okay checks out to me uh you're fucking hired uh when can you start you know come on and so he's like uh yeah good enough for me um but that's not really why i was asking you who you are i really want to know let me stop you right there player uh how you feel about working with colors that was the real question uh to be honest and he's like because we lost a lot of employees when we had a black woman tamara from last episode Mm-hmm. and she's like well if she's qualified and hard working i don't see the problem with offering her the opportunities that us white folks take advantage of and it may it remind me so much of that snl skit with eddie murphy where he was a white man and, and white he was in white man makeup and he went and got the loan from the bank it's this whole scene just felt like that <laughs> like, like you know us white folks wink wink you know how we do right yes. we love our mayonnaise on both sides of the bread <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing do we do that um and so with cheese right we, we, right we like cheese we love cheese as us whites often say uh zippity doo-dah um and so then uh he's like well ever since you know our company uh started ending our whites only policy and as this happens she starts spasming again which we know means a transformation is coming on mm-hmm. and this is when i realized that the transformation is really a symbolism for lactose intolerance which many of us blacks deal with okay mm-hmm. and if you ever had to use the restroom in a public situation it can be ugly uh nah but <laughs> she he's like uh you know when she when she flexes off of the spasms he thinks she's going like what it's no longer whites only and he has an impulse to calm her it is not a oh well then bitch get the fuck out you can't work here he's like um no 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 but they're not race crusaders or anything it's all about that almighty dollar okay don't don't get it twisted we don't actually see them as people we just want the money mm-hmm. uh and then he goes well you know what god damn it you got yourself a deal assistant manager and i thought number one if she wasn't a woman she could be the manager right that's what that told me because uh, she had more he was like i should be learning from you that shit uh but then the other thing is she had applied with this resume to this job before as a black woman and had not gotten it and she did not apply on a whim like tamara did so they like they did not select her qualified black ass but as a white woman overqualified boy that shit was uh shit was deep Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all and she was doing the pee pee dance yeah yeah she was struggling okay it was getting it was getting real up in uh uh up in marshall fields um and so he was like let me take let me take you on the tour and she was like um okay but first i need to go to the little girl's room and he's like all right then and uh he looked in the seat and was like wait you dropped your 
and it was the potion he said he thought it was perfume yeah he thought it was perfume but we know it's the potion mm-hmm. and then she runs to the elevator convulsing the whole way honestly this shit was like some comedy shit it was like um the nutty professor when he started when eddie murphy used to start to transform yes back, like and he was like oh oh my goodness like she was nutty professor cooning all the way back to the uh elevator she got on just in time and she slammed herself up against the wall and the whole time the way they did special effects she's bursting through the white skin so and it's bloody and underneath there yeah so, i didn't realize that all all, all I all you could see was like a separation of skin i was like what the hell is happening so they went for the very freaky special effects but i have to say this is definitely a moment where you go this is a fucking tv show because all her transformations that were kind of comical and you know like oh my goodness what what, what, what is she gonna do now they were all like ma'am you turned back into a black woman in broad daylight and walked home covered in blood and viscera several times during this episode it's no fucking way like you no way not 1952 not 19 not 2020 they're gonna stop your ass and be like ma'am who did you kill like where are the bodies uh where is the white woman you 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 uh exploded through please yes we need her but yeah so you know but you know it's a horror show da 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 like you know kind of skip over there it's not very important but i thought it was funny um so then uh yeah she does get the job um but like i said they never take the tour she just leaves which i assume she left and just didn't come back which another thing i said god damn white people got it good Mm -hmm. he figured i should just come back tomorrow well i guess she had to go and just whoop the doo (laughs) yes so then uh in the morning she's dressed to impress at the top of the escalator and paul or stairs and paul comes up there uh mr hughes the manager and kisses her hand and says uh you know hey good luck basically like i'm not the apollo log at the apollo but good luck today on your first day at the job and then she goes downstairs because some customers are complaining that they haven't been helped in time like i've been waiting 12 minutes and where is that woman and apparently tamara the black woman was supposed to be at the perfume counter and she wasn't there Mm -hmm. and so she's kind of pissed and she's like why weren't you at the we can't make money if you don't greet the customers where were you and basically all the white women co-workers had put tamara to work doing their jobs like put away the shoes for me do this do that and so she was now doing her job and their jobs right meanwhile they were complaining about her black ass even having a job but yeah she basically but covering for them couldn't do what she was supposed to do and to be honest uh hillary didn't seem to have very much sympathy for the shit Mm-mm. like it was basically like yeah well um well look i'm not trying she's like, i'm not trying to you're not in any trouble don't you know don't get too uptight breathe um and i remember that you told me you you got this job on a whim after all and tamara's like i never told you that and she's like oh i must have heard it from paul must have told me or whatever and she's like um well i hope you still feel feeling a part of the marshall fields family and that no matter what they can't take your educational achievements away from you okay baby girl and tamara goes what educational achievements i only got a seventh grade education it's like she couldn't take the compliment she's like no man i'm dumb as hell i don't know how i got this job uh which we know there's anger there because of course as a black woman 
she uh ruby felt overqualified and never got the job mm-hmm. and here's tamra who is under in her opinion underqualified or at least less qualified mm-hmm. and somehow got the job and so she's mad yep about this shit she's mad as ruby right and even though she's hillary right and so she says um well what are, well you must have taken accounting classes down at the uh, frederick Douglass school for achievement she was like nope never heard of that you can take them classes that's crazy woo uh <laughs> Ruben looking like what the fuck right like how the fuck you get this job right you know um man I look i hear you i it's funny to me too i mean it's strange it's strange to me too that's how tamra was like hey um so then uh she gets so mad that she's like takes the lotion off of the counter and slams it down and goes your hands are a bit ashy and then walks off because yeah as a black person she would notice shit like that i'm like god damn ruby done turned into a whole karen yes she did uh all right so uh yeah she says your hands are a bit ashy um and storms off now this is what uh well actually you know what one more one more scene and then we'll get to my point about ruby uh in the back all the white sales girls are taking a break chilling and trying on dresses and shoes they 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 the type of people that comes in for a full eight hours and you may get a smooth two at the max out of them meanwhile you know tamra out there doing all their jobs and hers right. and getting fussed at um so in the back they're just like for how hard we work they should give all this stuff to us for free um and hillary the man who's the assistant manager and over all these women goes hey it's been 30 minutes we should get back to work and they're like or you could try not being a bitch and put on some shoes like yo hussy you're stuck up stick in the mud and like she's like oh they so she's kind of flattered and peer pressured into doing it and she puts on some naughty stilettos and they goof off and these are some mean catty white women by the way these are mean girls like one of them was kind of fat and she was like what do you think about this and one they're like girl you like marilyn monroe and the other one was like i think if you stop stuffing your face with bonbons you might be able to close that coat and they're like oh you cad I was like, all these women hate each other. Yes, and, but bonbons are, are fucking delicious. I understand white women. Uh, so, <laughs> so then uh, she asked if, um, like, when they're putting on the heels, uh, Hillary slash Ruby asked the other white women, "Hey, does Paul has he ever gotten fresh with any of y'all?" Now, the reason this comes up: one, after her interview was over, he hugged her. Mm-hmm and then also that morning he kissed her on her hand mm-hmm. to start the day so she's thinking like is this nigga flirting with me is he gonna try some untoward shit and they laugh at the mere suggestion like paul he comes straight out of a rockford painting with his two kids and his wife like that square nigga he ain't got to be doing nothing mm-hmm. and then they start dancing to the white version of tutti frutti <laughs> and of course they were dancing terribly except for hillary who's really ruby and she danced for him she put on the show yeah she did in them heels in the heels she even did that's what ruby would do she loves shit like that and she even did like the little step at the end like when she timed the mood to be like and like they was like and they was giving the whitest compliments yes they was 
with the rhythm in those hips she's ready for the colored version (laughs) (laughs) you see her moving on the ones and threes girl you're ready for herb mentioned soul comedy hour we need to (laughs) get you on the show they they need to go ahead and get you ready for the menstrual show girlfriend Mm -hmm. you could do a whole episode of soul train (laughs) yes with them two steps you just did um and then they shift to talking about their favorite pastime for bonding as white women which is hating on the blacks uh and so they was like you know um what i tell you what i don't need no more of black employees <laughs> you see that little girl out there i hate her and then uh why they not doing their jobs hillary slash ruby says uh well if they do hire some more black people i just hope they qualified and the white woman was like <laughs> Uh, of course they're not qualified they negroes <laughs> <laughs> they black what do you expect right <laughs> and then and then hillary that took all the rhythm out of her dance she had her back to him and you can see her face because she's still ruby inside it just went to like blank anger like the fuck you just say but she can't say anything he'll break her thing and part of what the dance she's been playing as a white woman is not being too concerned with black people and black causes you can't be a race warrior you can't be like y'all lay off a timber because people are beginning to be suspicious of you right so she still played it kind of safe and fit in by being aloof towards it even when she disagreed which reminded me very much of the fact that 53 percent of white women voted for donald trump mm-hmm. which is people always say that number like it's this really big damning number and i do think it is a fucked up number but don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but what i think about is 40 something percent of white women do not fuck with donald trump come on and they are much they are so quiet yes they are now they may not be as quiet now but in 2016 they had a private facebook group called soup pants nation which means they wanted to support this woman but not to pay the social penalty of supporting this woman right and so the same thing goes back to this not every white woman is some fucking died in the wool i hate the niggers mm. racist person there's a lot of white people that know shit is wrong no shit is fucked up they ain't made it all the way to like you know uh slave abolition or whatever the fuck you know like they're not ready to die for it but they are like damn like i mean they people too goddamn yeah can't y'all lay out like why we gotta be talking about racism all the time and that's what it reminded me of is that ruby became that type of white woman to fit mm-hmm. in where she was she never said anything toward or fucked up towards black people necessarily but she still never stood up for any of the black people other than tepidly right so uh and and, and honestly she didn't really like tamara no no and also to go back to uh when tamara had told her about her education and things Mm -hmm. like that uh and the way ruby responded ruby was responding as a black woman even though she was white because ruby as a black woman looked down on that woman you know like like a lot of people go oh that's no no that that was that was really ruby ruby has respectability and now obviously this is 1952 some of y'all hear respectability and because it's 2020 and you've been in these online circles yeah yeah you you know you think it's a mark on someone's character right because i I brought this up on twitter and of course most people understood exactly what i meant but a couple people like well it's not that she probably was like this woman only got hired because she's more prettier than me and i was like uh i don't think so ruby's a very pretty person and nothing about this show so far 
has seemed to center around like well people don't find her attractive right now if they want to put those beats in the narrative um or they want to play it out but this show's not a very subtle show so i feel like if that was the issue they, they would, would say that was the issue yes if they were like people don't find ruby attractive that will become a thing mm-hmm. if they wanted to say it's because letty's light-skinned and ruby's not i think they would just say it i don't think this is a show where they would skirt around that and be like well they'll pick it up by episode 10 no this show pretty much tells you straight up on like message this is racism message this is that right um so i really do think and now let's talk about what they have put in the show i think ruby is you know one of those bougie kind of look down on other black people at the Mm -hmm. party when they were playing cars before the cross burning she said to the other people if more i'm gonna go get this job in marshall fields and if more black people thought like me they they will be a credit to the race like we will be better off as a people which is implying most black people or not enough black people think like ruby which is go get a job it's not like she said some old like revolutionary shit like it was just go get a job which implies you niggas don't want jobs you niggas don't want to work hard you niggas don't want to be educated you know that type of thing yeah and she even looked down on her sister because as far as she was concerned her sister didn't have the right type of job you know her sister wasn't doing the right type of thing you know because it sounded like letty was probably some form of an activist or something like that and so to her sister she's like that ain't no real job you ain't Mm -hmm. you're not trying that's why you gotta always call me and ask me for money and shit because you ain't got no real job right yeah that's yeah there's a lot going on with her and her sister but that's the thing it made me think about specifically like oh wait there's ruby has kind of been a haughty totty the rest of you niggas type of black person and it was coming out even when um she like she would seem to be more upset that that type of black person was able to get that type of job correct you know what i mean like why not why it should have been me and then when she found out that white people do not care no they don't they don't see qualifications they see skin color you're disqualified for your skin color so all this like you know this hierarchy she had in her brain didn't really matter to these white people nope now it didn't stop her from immediately like kind of resenting tamara but i think it put a lot of stuff into perspective that oh no the hurdle is even bigger than you think like it's whiteness is not a skin color it is a mentality yes it is and if you do not carry out that mentality if you do not exist in that mentality then you get ostracized or at least um alienated from the whiteness that people participate in and i think ruby was definitely um feeling that pressure from the other white people like i have a decision to make i have to basically become mentally or play the part of these people that i hate like i'm not gonna be able to skate by on just i'm a white woman i'm apolitical i think everyone should have a chance and that no no and i'm also not gonna get to be ruby which is well i don't like tamra because she's not qualified not because she's black that's not mm -mm. they're gonna be like uh uh, she's black (laughs) it wouldn't matter if she's fucking secretary of state she's black she shouldn't have a job meanwhile she's doing all our jobs for us right? right um also i thought it was funny too and this is another white thing oh we work so hard while they're backstage just goofing the fuck off they've been back there for 30 minutes they should give us shit for free that entitlement you know and it's it's what i talked about with jessica krug and rachel dolezal i'm like they get shit 
they get shit done when they pretend to be black yes they do you know because when they pretend to be black like they still have the ambitions of whiteness yes not understand how whiteness works they still have that greed they still want it all you know meanwhile ruby's whiteness that potion was supposed to be her access to power and a world she didn't dream she couldn't only dream of and, and guess she, what she went and did got a goddamn job got a got got some ice cream and a job right then they gave her a fucking wide full of money and she was like bitch i just want to work read a newspaper all she wanted to be was left alone to achieve her just peace not she didn't want to become the the fuck i'm gonna own the department store it was just i want to be a regular like a regular white woman i see on the street looking unbothered yeah because i think a lot of things want to blend in white people come over here on our side they're like i won't take it all and you're like the fuck is this um so yeah um then um when they uh oh they ask her basically like oh you know we should do speaking of niggers uh let's ask tamara to take us to the south side and they're all like "Ooh, it's so scary with those people those blacks you know we can go down there and um hillary you know once again breaking characters ruby goes yeah the south side is nothing to be scared of it's it's just basically she knows because she's lived it it's just mm-hmm. black people living it's not it's nothing there's nothing exotic about it yeah like and they're like you've been oh you brave girl girl what was it like and <laughs> what was it like in the jungle it was like niggas going to work you know uh yeah. so and so just living their lives they're like we have to get tamra to take us and since you're the one that talks to tamra maybe you can convince her to take us and so they go outside uh after work tamra no one really talks to tamra who's kind of ahead of everybody uh and the only black person there mm-hmm. and hillary does kind of look at tamra and it makes me think like damn that's the two black people at work and it reminds me of how we a lot of black people feel about having that black manager in corporate america where you're like this nigga hard on me than the white people right because she really has singled her out and she didn't single out any of those white women those white women were back there goofing the fuck off and she just joined them and goofing off meanwhile she knew tamra was being overworked and it would have just been her if it would have switched and she would have got the job she felt she quote unquote deserved they would have been thinking she was the nigger they would have been thinking you better get back here and put my shoes up it it was not the dream she thought it was gonna be anyway Mm -hmm. um but waiting outside of the department store is william in a baby blue nice car some shades on looking looking like a a a, a 1952 uh men's issue looking like a snack okay looking like a on the cover of vogue looking like a little debbie is that what they had back then you look like a snack okay um and so he was like um they you know all the ladies that worked there was like who is that and he's like oh hey honey and he does that thing with the shades that you know people do where they look down the shades pull them back up and um she uh he goes to kiss hillary who turns her mouth away and gets kissed on the cheek instead of the mouth mm-hmm. um and he notices that and the ladies of course all swoon you know um just you can hear a sploosh in the alleyway um and then uh she's like you shouldn't have came here and he was like well that doesn't look like i embarrassed you because it does look like everybody was impressed she was with him and then mm-hmm. 
he asked about like how's your first day of your dream job and i thought damn this is only day one mm-hmm. day one you know <laughs> like i feel like we went <laughs> we had uh you know the first day when she woke up and couldn't get her legs under her then we had the day when she you know uh went out and had the perfect ice cream day three as a white woman assistant manager not bad not a come up okay it's like that game they play at blitz and chips and rick and morty where you get to- yeah you get to live out your lives <laughs> like yes that's what she was doing. well you you kind of wasted your 30s and your 40s right so so she um she uh so then basically william and her have like a little bit of a discussion where he's like um well look um it's time for you to owe me that that favor don't take no more of that potion and he notices you didn't like you didn't want me to kiss you as hillary why not and she's like did you want to kiss me as hillary and he goes i want whatever you want which to me was like uh, this nigga is not to be trusted Mm-mm. that's another full of shit answer mm-hmm. oh and uh uh while it's on my mind and, and not to get off topic but i wanted to go back to when she uh dropped that potion and potion potion and that dude found it i think that's gonna come back up at some period of time okay i don't think she dropped that for no reason like somebody's gonna find it somebody's gonna be like what's this somebody's gonna take it like like something's going to happen because she didn't even realize she dropped it yeah could be man because they definitely don't like tie that up we don't like we see he gets it but then we never see her get it you know but my thing is if he thinks it's a if he thinks it's a perfume yeah yeah, he might think it's a perfume. like i wonder if he even put those two together you know what i'm saying or someone puts those two together that you know that this is a potion and not a perfume because we'll get to it at the end but okay. you know obviously yeah, something yeah, happened i'll go into detail yeah, yeah. something happened that we'll about that it. gives yeah. you a chance to be like something was more than meets the eye with her you mm-hmm. know but but yeah I, I mean you're absolutely right like it's yes. we never get the scene of her getting that back so mm-hmm. we know it's just out there mm-hmm. uh so then um he says uh don't drink that potion i'm gonna need that i'm gonna need that uh favor tonight also there's a box in the back seat with your name all over it and she opens up the box and it's a maid uniform and she is pissed yes and i have to give this white lady props because that actress she channeled ruby didn't she though <laughs> didn't she oh man like she uh channeled, channeled ruby her face looked like the the hell is this right like no you didn't because that's the other thing when he asked how she enjoyed her first day she said well it's better than being some damn charwoman well a charwoman is a woman that cooks and cleans and do maid stuff okay so this outfit when he opened it up was a fucking maid outfit so she so that was, explains the face yes she was immediately like man what the fuck this is this is that this is the help right. you, you say you need for me because ruby's whole thing is what's the catch what's the catch what's the catch mm-hmm. um so then um uh we see ruby uh working the party in that as a waitress and this and, and the thing is the thing that made me laugh the whole time nobody paid ruby any fucking attention because she had the stankiness of the stank ass face 
and they was like sure you want our derb they was just pick i was like y'all not watching this woman's face she looks like she would could literally take a take one of these toothpicks and stab y'all niggas and nobody's paying her no attention no they could not be less interested in whatever was going on she with she was walking around like she would just like slam the train to the ground if she could they could not they were just looking like ma'am if you don't hand me a motherfucking cocktail weenie and get to pushing it and keep moving ain't nobody talking to your ass um because basically you was invisible to them and honestly at that point if a white man did notice you was a black woman it probably wasn't gonna be a good thing oh come on uh but yeah so um she was pissed and she's giving out stuff captain lancaster is there because this party is at the lounge that christina went to last week and he told her to get out Mm -hmm. um and so she goes in the kitchen christina's out back knocks on the window and she's like and ruby's got an attitude with her too she's like you were supposed to be here an hour ago and like i've been doing this bullshit for nothing christina's like william does like a demanding woman uh (laughs) she says well look here's this rock it's like a talisman with an eye on it and she's like put this in the police captain's office and i might be wrong but that eye looked like the same eye that tick seen on that paper yes yes it does and so ruby declines um but christina says listen do you care about william at all because you know ruby declines like nigga the police captain i'm not fucking with no police like i'm in my black ass skin i will go to jail and she's like uh christina's like no ruby william got done wrong he was shot in the back thrown in the river left for dead i nursed him back to health um and this captain believes he murdered william and stole his birthright to this lodge he's the rightful heir to it and um will you help him get his revenge and it is that motivation that does it for ruby the revenge motive which i think is important here and she goes like okay and then she takes it sneaks into the office puts the talisman in the desk drawer of the captain and i wonder if there's a power because since it says i it seems like you're gonna be able to see mm-hmm. what's going on in his office or something yep be able to possibly hear mm-hmm. it's gonna I, you know my i might be wrong my prediction you know kind of like those mirrors you remember how they could look in there and they could see uh uh letty and uh tick and george it's gonna i think it's gonna be something to to that mm-hmm. nature where she's gonna be able to even though i'm not here i can still see what's happening in the atmosphere right so um and or be able to fuck with him too right so then um uh while she's in there she hears the moaning from the closet that the same moaning christina heard and she goes to look into the closet and opens it and there's a man bleeding out his mouth who clearly like is a very gross sight he must stink because she covers her mouth immediately mm-hmm. and then he, uh, he, like he's got cuts and like he's been being tortured or something and i'm like oh shit like this is not good okay it looks like montross isn't the only one living in the closet it looked like frankenstein all those stitches yeah he was fucked up uh like whatever they've been doing to him they've been doing for a while mm-hmm. um and so then the captain comes in and he's got his underlings with him and he's pissed 
and he's like i'm out here dancing like a monkey for a ring and i'm thinking he must want one of those rings like tick got mm-hmm. yeah because christina was like i don't remember you ever being initiated right and he's trying to impress these old people in the cult or whatever to get them to you know glad that to get moved into the cult and, and get some power i guess and he's like go give me a shirt from the closet and he's like i'm sweating like a fucking pig or some shit and and something was up with his skin that's what i was gonna say mm-hmm. what was it karen i do not i do not know i i don't know if- i have a theory i think he got black skin like a black body or something like a negro uh because it was this big black like it looked like it was almost frankenstein onto him like it was stitched on or something and i wonder if it's from that scientist hiram epstein that he been that he knows or you know he knew who did experiments like if that was one of the experiments like maybe he got injured or something or whatever and they use a black body to heal like to to patch him up or some shit yeah because it didn't make any sense like, like, and i was like there's something crawling on his skin why does his skin it look- wasn't by the way it wasn't crawling y'all just i just want to be clear i watched oh, it twice oh no problem but for me <laughs> i'm from what i seen i was like there's something wrong with his skin it, it was definitely right. something wrong but the thing is he took his shirt off in front of other dudes who didn't seem to even be like oh god you got a black body under there they seem to be fine with it yeah like that it is what it is what in the get out is going on with that man's chest i don't know uh but then um they talk about also about uh like did you handle that business in kentucky and they're like yeah we convinced the po- local police that the winthrop observatory needed to be protected from local vandals and it's like good job and i'm like so there's a winthrop observatory now winthrop is what they call that house the winthrop house winthrop was also a person that was in that uh the sons of adam adam or whatever they call that the order of adam and um we know that um he had some pages too so he says uh that bleeding cunt christina wants the orrery we'll let her bring it right to us because we know what she's looking for Mm -hmm. and then the closet man meanwhile is getting louder and then and and that means and that makes one of the people ask about him like hey so zadone had uh has he dropped the dime on the location of the looty stole and they're like nah but we working on it we getting there and uh she's covering his mouth so he can't get loud there's a couple of, like little scares or whatever mm-hmm. and, and then, you know it's one of those things where i was like is this man did he die and they brought him back to life like you know did they do experiments on him i don't know it's weird because i if i thought they were torturing him for the location of something Mm -hmm. but But i was like he don't sound like he could talk i don't understand i think they cut his tongue out that's why he was bleeding so much from his mouth okay also ruby brings it up later um but the other thing too is um like the scene just kind of ends or whatever um but like it was just more scary that they did i remember they did say he was dead yes that makes sense i remember somebody was like uh, talking about how you know he might be dead but we could still get it out of him or something like that. okay all right i remember that phrase well they also said his tongue was cut out Mm -hmm. and it was definitely bleeding now the thing i thought was weird is that he kind of was seen like he was trying to get their attention so like what kind of spell they put on him then mm-hmm. like reanimate him and now he our slave or something i don't and like if so why y'all had to cut him up so bad mm-hmm. and i think a lot of this goes back to that scientist dude mm. yeah here on epstein his mm-hmm. experiments uh so then um as hillary R- ruby's back at work um this is now like the fourth day um i believe 
so as hillary ruby is back at work and um she is uh fussing over tamra putting the shoe wrong shoes by the wrong dresses once again you know and now this i think her obsession with tamra was also partially at, at this point almost she wanted to help her to a certain extent mm-hmm. um i don't think it was just like she now knows tamra's plight mm-hmm. and how these white people really feel about all black people mm-hmm. so she and she's seen some shit now magic and fucking dead zombie people with no tongues and closets and so she <laughs> kind of loses it she gets kind of loud in the thing she's like uh you got to put the right shoes with this because we're trying to you got to make it pleasing to the eye and she and then tamra goes not not to be disrespectful but i'm doing my best here ma'am and she goes well you have to do better if you want to get be a credit to your race once another thing another time she said that y'all mm-hmm. uh if you want to be a credit to your race you have to be better than mediocre and you want to know why because white folks are more fucked up than you think they are yes and she was laughing at that too them white people turn around like who yes. is she talking that, to there wasn't no music playing or anything one of them fancy department stores right like she's trying to help but she's still true to the character of ruby like i like that they didn't just be like and then she magically understood respectability with some bullshit i'm like mm-hmm. not in 1952 come on not after one day hell no anyway so she was like um that's uh, she was like uh they have shit you can't even imagine that's why you have to be exponentially better than them so you don't end up in some closet half dead with your tongue cut off and before she could finish that paul walks up like what's going on <laughs> she was like these white people fucked up more than you think mm-hmm. she was she was trying to help girl they'll be back there trying to make you take them to pause down oh wait oh it's paul and so she turned around paul's like everything okay people were staring and shit and she was like uh hillary's like well tamra was just saying how she was going to take us to the south side and tamra goes along with the lie but what choice does she have this right. white woman lied and you can't be like i didn't say that so you gotta do even it. if you don't want to take them and this white woman was being kind of bossy towards you and a bit of hostile um so at the denmark vesey bar the whites are taking in the local negro scenery with some music one white girl was looking around at the brothers like she was ready to do a scene for black.com yes and the black people look like oh these white folks yeah they didn't even look like into it because they i think they just understood the stress of like if something happens to these white people or these white people decide they could fuck up everything yeah that is just one of those things where this is our space and any white person's presence just fuck up the atmosphere yeah it wasn't like a a vibe of like oh yeah man like it wasn't like the first time we seen the place not yeah not just that but it wasn't a vibe of like oh cool white people it was like Mm -hmm. here come these crackers (sighs) here they go i guess like even when she looked at the brothers they didn't look into like it wasn't like oh shit white woman alert it was like what this white woman want please lord leave me alone lord oh, jesus I, yeah. I, you know what i think i'm gonna call it a night right and so then they all like want to get up and like dance and all this shit um uh tamra looks nervous drinking with the with her co-workers basically taking a shot and sip some wine yeah, she's like i'm here but i can't even quote unquote be myself because y'all here right they all get up to, and plus we don't know tamra that might not even be her scene that's true too like tamra might be a church girl this one like right you never the, know ruby's lie as hillary ruby's lie put tamra in this fucked up position you see what i'm saying they would have not asked her if it wasn't for that 
Mm-mm. Uh, because they were so busy on shunning her and not talking to her and making her do all their work they never would have gotten to know her to even be like hey can you take us out but when right. she used that as an alibi excuse or distraction or whatever she actually put her in this fucked up position of having to deal with whiteness in this space agreed um and so then uh hillary says she doesn't want to dance she'll get with the rest of them and then we have a slow-mo shot of her kind of looking at them dancing with the black people and seeing like the complexity of them being genuinely repulsed uh and racist in behind the back storeroom but then here they are taking in this exotic culture and cuisine and 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 touring this this racial tourism they were doing right they love us but they don't love us right they they, want to be us but they hate us right you know and we want to be them but we hate them to some extent um as far as america goes and the rights that we would like to have yes the um, rights, yeah because i i i love being black i do too but you know you know what i meant mm-hmm. um so then um they so they uh she goes outside and she doesn't take the next dose of potion she she goes ahead and starts transforming back into ruby Mm-hmm. And, and this is the first yeah this is the first time we ever see her truly trans the special effects were so great mm-hmm. it was like they when they really got because earlier we saw like when they did the first transformation we see little stuff like there was an eye in the back of her throat which is gross and all this oh. stuff but this one it was it was totally like they went all the way there it was like watching the hulk transform mm-hmm. now keep in mind the title of this episode is i think strange um oh god don't let me fuck this up uh let me scroll to the top of my notes strange case which is also the title of the uh very famous book and movie the strange case of dr jekyll and mr hyde Mm. which is all about a person taking a drug that transforms them Mm -hmm. and then once they're transformed they become an uninhibited uh monster they have much less control and all this stuff uh in the in the um mr hyde form in the dr jekyll form of course they're you know they're in control and i think in a way this episode is saying that whiteness is that monster that mr hyde the the ability and the potential to have uncontrolled impulse with no consequences is too alluring and monstrous mm-hmm. um so uh the message um sorry didn't mean, didn't mean to get too deep on y'all uh mm-hmm. but yeah so uh she transformed she basically reversed those offs okay mm-hmm. she the whiteness falls off she's black again um uh, and so then <laughs> uh, uh, tamra is trying to leave the party and paul this gentleman this rockford painting man this you know this americana two kids and a and a um uh two kids and a wife right and a puppy the mister they laughed when they said could he be a sexual predator of any kind well he is coming on to tamra and being like let basically like let me grab your pussy on some fucking donald trump shit talking about i heard you girls are sweet down there some shit like that and she says i don't want to do this and he's like come on and she scratches him and he lets her go and then he goes nigger bitch when she runs off mm-hmm. and ruby sees all this through a tiny to a hole in the fence that we see her face 
covered in blood and her eyes are you know of course lit uh just angry mm-hmm. and he didn't know she seen that right later back at the mansion ruby sitting on the couch holding the potion just kind of like she's deciding if she's even gonna drink it or not and she puts it up to her mouth just as she's about to drink it christina comes in from the basement and christina doesn't even seem that surprised that ruby's there even though she clearly wasn't expecting her to be there and she ruby goes why do y'all what do y'all have in the basement it's the only door in the house that's locked you and william go in and out of there at all times of the day um and christina sits next to, to her without answering her questions and goes i guess ruby got interrupted again which ruby never told christina and so ruby says he told you that like basically like how much is william sharing with you is any of this shit private right like he definitely said we fucked you know did he say i sucked this dick from the back (sighs) (laughs) uh tell it everything so christina says uh she's been where ruby is before but ruby says please shut the fuck up you can't relate to who i am and i'll spend enough time on your side of color line to know the only thing you white women are disillusioned with are yourselves i'm like girl stop stealing from black twitter okay stop stealing from the woke stop if you don't get a medium piece and uh medium login and sell this shit put this behind a paywall your patreon come on charge for it don't give this away uh that's too much (laughs) way too much Uh, christina agrees and says we want to be you you want to be us but you misunderstood william's invitation it's not to be white it's an invitation to do whatever the fuck you want that's the currency of magic unmitigated freedom who are you really uninterrupted and in this moment what it made me think of is how christina sees that magic and that metamorphosis as an opportunity to seize power ruby having been a black woman her whole life obviously the magic shit is brand new to her she saw it as an opportunity to seize whiteness because whiteness is power to her but christina as a person that's already a white woman she's like there's something beyond that like like whiteness is not even the ultimate power you're thinking too small like this like you're not doing whatever you want you ain't got a fucking job you ain't got ice cream you ain't read the newspaper like you you're not really like your shit is pedestrian compared to the ambitions that i have you know like because we know christina's thinking of ways to live forever she's got spells where you can't harm her like you know what i'm saying like christina's on take some, over the order right christina's on some other other shit you know she's trying to translate this entire book so she can have all the magic in the world correct and ruby meanwhile is like i would like to be able to read a book and no one come up and bother me um and i think that shit kind of hipped her to game you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's also a big difference on how black people and mar- how marginalized people and privileged people look at power differently yes we do because most of our dreams are literally like i just want to do what i'm doing and no one come penalize me because i'm black yes or, you know or we, woman we or, have super no. goals i just want to live like 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 our goal is li- i want to live I, I want a roof over my head. I want my family to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. For a lot of, for a lot of us, my, you know, my kids go to the best school. You know, I don't want to have to bury them because they got shot by a police officer. Our goals are 
small all jokes aside like the we, limit is the sky yeah we just we a lot of times we want basic shit yeah the sky's the limit for them the limit is the sky for us you know and uh i just love that juxtaposition because you're looking at two women that could be allies to a certain extent and seeing that they see the world totally different you know because i think christina's also very amoral in this like and by which i mean i don't think christina thinks of herself as like evil i don't think she thinks of herself as harming or helping these people Mm -mm. everybody is a tool for her to get the ultimate power that she's looking for Mm -hmm. so to her it's just like you just a tool but i'm not saying that in a you're less than me i'm saying you're just a tool why aren't you using me as a tool everyone's a tool to get what you want so why aren't you like what do you really want because this ain't it um so then um ruby goes back to marshall's fields as hillary and she's in paul's office and she quits mm-hmm. and she says she's quitting because she's attracted to paul and she can't more she can't you know while on the clock work there and fuck his brains out and paul is like mm, fucking my brains out uh well yeah sure uh, uh a dick is not your friend okay like uh, and the thing is paul had checked her out when she first got the job Mm -hmm. when she walked past him to get interviewed he definitely looked at her butt he kissed her hand he hugged her so like it felt to me and this is such so interesting and i love this juxtaposition too paul was not a sexual predator to those white ladies because he's not a sexual predator he was not a sexual predator to those white women because they have agency there was something that could be done about it it's not saying that white women don't experience sexual predation at work or any of this stuff right but it but there's a certain type of white man who has made a civil pact who has made this he's accepted the gentlemanness that he needs to present around white ladies like mm-hmm. no these are white women to be respected but remember when i told you last week we were talking about jazz uh by tony morrison and stuff mm-hmm. and um it's in a lot of books i read uh out of the house of bondage by thyfolia glimph there was no type of black woman a white man had to respect Mm-mm. all of them were imp- they had no agency regardless of your so, education or any of that right i could sexually assault you and there's nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. you may even get in trouble mm-hmm. um i could uh you could have my children i don't have to take care of them nope um i have no financial obligation to you um my children are uh whatever race the mother is so therefore i can be like those are niggers um i can be nice if i want to i'm not obligated to be nice mm-hmm. i'm not legally binded by any of it nope so uh if, if 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 i own you and we and you have a child from me i own your child yes you know so this so like this is the world um not, not of necessarily 1952 but the world that this the 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 building blocks of this world are based in that world you see what i'm saying right and so even when black women and black people were trying to make these strides in the segregated uh red line chicago and these major cities coming from jim crow south um they still were dealing with this you know white men sexually propositioning like women of standing in the community you know and then of course the unfair uh callous disregard of black women saying all of them are prostitutes 
you know the the over importance because that's where white people came to do their crimes anyway so hey if i want to do drugs i'm going to the black neighborhood and guess what this turns into even though it's white people going there and fueling the drug trade black people are drug addicts and drug dealers and they're bad people even though they were bringing the drugs into the community right, right drugs that i need to use but i'm only gonna look down on you not me right so mm-hmm. same thing sexually you know a lot of times so even though Tamara worked there and this man would never even think to approach one of those white women disrespectfully he never saw Tamara that way mm-hmm. and the second that he got a chance to like be out outside of the job or whatever he was like yeah i i can sexually violate you and if you say something you're a nigger bitch and ruby witnessed that you know and so she uh pulls his uh, pulls his tie around his arms she was slowly doing some bdsm i mean he was getting uh uh uh, uh what is that a belt around his neck he got his hands bonded up i was like where's we going with this she pulls his pants down around his ankles and then she goes and sits down on a chair and makes him suck on the heels of the naughty stiletto that she was wearing and uh she says you said you wanted to talk to me about something before you know whatever he was like uh, uh, i mean it could wait it's not i was just gonna say you know we probably need to fire Tamara. and i'm like yeah you tried to sexually assault her now you want to get rid of the evidence so this black woman that got this job here that was very fortunate and all this shit she basically about to lose this job because you never really respected her anyway and the truth is that could have been you ruby because this is not this is not about Tamara's qualifications or lack of qualifications it's just about her blackness and expendability um and so he um and honestly it puts you in danger to be the first black anything yes it does so he um then uh licks the heel and bodak yellow stars playing if you know the words of that you know perfect song these is red bottoms these is bloody shoes and he notices her eyes are changing like they did in the car one turns brown and he's like what hillary your eyes and she then gets behind him kicks him on the ground and stabs him in his butt with the heels until they're bleeding as she turns back into herself it was a lot going on a lot was happening like she is turning back to her naked bloody black self while also stabbing him in his butt with these red bottoms giving him the worst prostate exam of all time yeah and the thing is while this was happening is one of those things where i go somebody's gonna find him like that he they're gonna find this white skin all on the ground and i'm like oh they're gonna charge him with that white woman's murder and he's gonna tell them what happened and they're not gonna believe him maybe man i i i so much don't know what the fuck that that's how much this episode threw me because i don't know how much realism they're approaching it with or not because she also walks out of this office after flipping him over and saying i just wanted you to know that a nigga bitch did this to you um with white skin just falling off her on the floor and then she puts on like a coat and walks out covered in blood and i kept thinking like there's so many scenes where she's covered in blood in public and gets back home and no one notices shit i don't know how much this episode is gonna be in the canon of like you know and then the police looked at the forensics and figured so you know like what counts and what doesn't 
oh i don't know i think that uh the crooked cop end up finding that potion when that's a good that's a good call when they're investigating that's a good call that because like he's 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 seeking he's he's looking and searching for shit too mm-hmm. so i could see that dude having that potion somewhere in there assuming it was that perfume them finding it doing some analysis and some shit like that and somebody would like oh this is this is a potion from blah blah because remember he got pieces of the book who knows i that that i'm telling you that potion at some period of time is gonna come back up and it's gonna be a problem now nah, that's a great call that would make a lot of sense that would be a great next step the he investigates it somehow and then puts it together that magic is at foot and that you know maybe even christina's got something to do with it so i, I don't think put it like this i he may eventually make the connection but when it first happened i don't think he's going to assume that it's christina i mean no 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 i know well okay i'm not i don't know what'll happen but i'm just saying it'll have if it doesn't lead back to him figuring out christina got something to do with it then it don't make sense yeah i I, yeah and i think he's gonna start connecting the dots and trying to you know figure out and all that stuff yeah uh because they're kind of like enemies yeah so because he knows she's not supposed to be in town he kicked her out and all these machinations and shit and it's clearly something's gonna happen between the two of them because it's coming to a head because she's observing him now yeah and uh i might be wrong but i think it's true what christina said about william i think that christina um how can i say this i think that they did dump william's body in the river and all that stuff and shot him up like i really do think that happened okay I might um, be wrong, but I really do. Yeah, think that you don't happens. have to say you might be wrong. We both might be wrong on okay. everything we bring up on this show. <laughs> so you, you know, don't doubt yourself. Uh, I never know what's gonna happen. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she leaves him on the floor cl- crying and shit, walks off. Then she ambushes William at the house as he's coming out of the basement, and she says, "What's in the basement? You and your lady friend are coming out there all hours of the day, and I want to know what's going on." And William's like, "I don't have time to talk about this now." and then he starts falling down on the ground and she's like william what's wrong or whatever and that's when he transforms into christina because i am the smartest man on the motherfucking planet many of you doubt it you didn't put the pieces together but i did i told you what did i tell you didn't i tell you because i told you mm-hmm. and when did i tell you a long time ago and what did i say will happen when i told you exactly what just happened mm-hmm. <laughs> i told you what would happen and i gave you prophecy on this show and uh that's just what i do okay me and the fellow writers in the room <laughs> we already know what's gonna happen i'm just parsing it out a little bit at a time um so yeah uh she turned william turns into but christina burst out of william and then um she goes uh uh, ruby goes you've been william this whole fucking time and that's the end so yeah um amazing episode i loved it probably my maybe well maybe my favorite i don't know they've all been so good they've all been so good i think maybe the first two was my favorite but mostly because i didn't know what i was getting into and i'm so pleasantly surprised yes and i think after the ending i that's when i was that's when i thought hey 
I think that they really do think that quote unquote William is dead. I think that has a lot to do with why he has those holes and shit all across his chest, probably where he got shot up at and they probably did dump him off the river and all that type of shit. Here's the thing I'm thinking though. We know that the woman whose body William uh body that Ruby was turning into was the same woman from Ardom. Mm-hmm uh um or whatever that was so uh a couple things could it be that the magic quote-unquote is dna related and why i say that is they had a cow giving birth to a shogoth monster so they know some shit with some dna like are they just taking the dna of certain people and then you metamorphosize into them from drinking this potion and so that's why you always turn into the same person or or something like that because it's clearly a choice to be like i can be this person like it's not you just magically turn into any white person or whatever it's the same person from the same type of potion each time um and then also who is william then you see what i'm saying like is that based off a real person somewhere and she took you know uh, did he really do it did die and she just took his place like you know it just makes you wonder what what is who and what is william that's true you know so that was something i was thinking about the last thing i was gonna say is ruby is the locust Mm -hmm. so that's another reason i think maybe she's gonna be a a bad guy Mm -hmm. because you know if you go back to what they said about the locust on the news report it was essentially like it transforms um it uh you know after seven days of reach sexual maturity and it devours everything inside it's coming for great britain aka white people i mean i might be stretching it too far i don't know but it feels like this was this what five to seven days that we spent as ruby and eventually knowing that this is called a strange case dr jekyll mr hyde and mr hyde is about the unbridled unfiltered like dark motivations that laid in dr jekyll but were were not um he just couldn't hold him back once he transformed i think that maybe that for ruby she's transforming and then she's going to devour aka want like greedily want this power this magic for herself i wouldn't be shocked if she either joins up with christina or turns like betrays and turns against letty and them uh in a pursuit of power i i i i i gotta think i think she's gonna do both i think that um she's going to force christina to teach her and show her how to make that shit herself Mm. to be able to do it on her own you know because she was like bitch if you don't tell me i'm telling everybody i you know i I could because she's literally the only person that knows probably that, that they are the same person um and so i think that they're gonna end up working together and uh i think i might be wrong but i think eventually christina's gonna kind of let her in because she's let her in but literally let her in tell her about lady and all that stuff and use and and christina's gonna do it as a way to get to a book but letty's gonna do it out of way of revenge of of getting to to tick and letty and actually working with them to get them to accomplish things and then gonna turn around and uh uh it all be a lie you know mm-hmm. or and i could see 
once uh ruby uh learns how to make this potion i'm I'm just speculating y'all once ruby learns how to make this potion herself i could see her going to letty and tick as a completely different person you know yeah it's, like, I, it's like, like a mask off type of thing see my thing is i mean yeah sure right like why why not try to play both sides but my thing is also like they would trust her if she came back they really don't have a reason not to trust her like they don't yes. know she's been up to any of this shit mm-hmm. so she could literally just quote unquote infiltrate without needing to, to to pretend to be anyone else she could just show up and be like so what are y'all up to i want to help and really she's just trying to get to the orrery um she knows all the same people they know mm-hmm. and, uh, and they don't even have the orrery we still haven't mm-hmm. caught up with um d and um hippolyta Mm-mm. from two weeks ago we don't know what they doing yeah they, they still on the road y'all they ain't made it there yet yeah so i'm you know i'm just i'm just saying man they could do a lot with ruby but i i, I also could feel her being mad if she was like yo y'all really left me out of this shit like y'all been fucking around with magic and power and all this shit and y'all weren't gonna tell me nothing i just been out here on my own and y'all like now that i've discovered it on my own fuck y'all you know what i mean because y'all could at any point told me like this shit is real um so i I, and it'll also be interesting to see how much christina would let her in on like would she tell her the full story because christina's a lying crafty motherfucker that tells you what you need to know and nothing else right so you know it's it's just so much with this show so many places they could go um and this episode just has so many levels and layers to it so i just thought it was so great um but yeah so what are you looking forward to next week uh next week should be fun looks like we are actually going to korea so i'm interested to see the backstory of tick and what happened to him over there and uh why what really made him come back and you know why did she tell him not to go back in mm-hmm. the first place like what caused that relationship to fall apart like like it's is it's, it's gonna be uh fun because we're gonna literally gonna be leaving the united states you know for the first time in this in this series same thing basically um it looked like it's gonna be a at least in the preview like a basically a self-contained story of just what happened back then mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite things that's been happening in tv lately Watchmen did this like i i love when a show is really compelling and then they take time to really do it right when they do that like bottleneck episode or like here we go to going back to korea or whatever and hopefully it adds more um plot points to what we already have seen if it if it's done right yes it does yeah and i think this one will everything they've done on the show so far has been kind of done right to me Mm -hmm. and i like i said i recognize the hokiness i recognize the leaps of logic that you have to take Mm -hmm. you know like i get you know like um her walking around bloody back to the house every day and never getting caught you know because essentially she would have to walk bloody as a black woman through this neighborhood to get to this mansion or whatever you know mm-hmm. so I, I i do get it i'm not trying to say uh you know is is it, you know like oh this show is just so it thinks of everything but it's just a fun show it's a mm-hmm. it's buffy but with black people you know it's and a better budget and rated r and book and, and sex uh so it's you know i so i'm really enjoying it um and yeah there's some little things i think um i think the key elements for me was just the respectability angle the fact that she kind of hated tamara and put tamara but she really was responsible for putting tamara in the position 
to be sexually uh assaulted and i think and she felt bad for that i think she got revenge for it and mm-hmm. i think that's why when she when she helped the reason she went in that police officer's office was because uh christina explained to her it would help william get revenge and the fact that that was the motivator for her to me speaks volumes because she understood yeah and the fact that we end this with her getting revenge on that boss essentially and christina kind of helping her to some like yo magic is power beyond just whiteness and i'm like what would that power look like in the hands of a black woman like ruby oh she gonna be a much she gonna be fucking white people up because everybody else shit is like we want to protect we want to protect each other we want to she's like i want the power and i'm like her and christina could become allies but let me tell you something people that covet power normally don't like sharing it so uh that even if she worked with with christina somehow that's gonna come to a head and i just can't imagine so all right y'all that's it for this week uh thank you so much for listening this was long but it was fun hope y'all enjoyed it um and we'll talk to y'all uh saturday for our feedback show premium people uh we'll talk to you thursday and friday all right until then peace i love you okay i love you too oh okay oh my bad i mean throw you off until then i love you i love you too